best show is live. Oh my goodness, the best show is live. Well, how about that? What's up, everybody? Hey, how's it going? My name is Tom Sharpling. I'm the host of tonight's installment of the best show. Um, yeah, special host for tonight. No, I'm the host every week. You ding dongs, right? You know me, Tom. Guys here every week. What's up? So anyway, I'm here to tell you, boy, oh boy, do we have a, a fun show for you tonight. Get ready. For starters, we will resume the 50 best snacks of all time list, which we are, uh, which we got underway last week and we will get underway this week. We will resume it this week and everyone, these snacks ain't going to, uh, these snacks ain't going to, uh, ain't going to name themselves. So you got to call in. You call 201-334-3484. That's the number to get in on the snackion. Get it? <laughs> uh, brother. No, that's not the kind of jokes we make here. We make funny jokes. Who's here this week? Do I, uh, do I have Mike? Mike, are you here this week? Here, Tom. How are you? There he is. It's Mike. He's back. It's so great. Great to hear that voice. And nasally. No. He's <laughs> got a nice voice. He's got a nice voice. It's not a broadcast voice. No, it certainly is. You've been doing it for 15 years. It is a broadcast voice now. I listen to Jason and then Brett on uh, Double Double Threat, and I'm like, wow, these are these are the pro voices. The voice boys. The vo- <laughs> you should have a voice off. The two of you. Oh, Brad doesn't want that. <laughs> wait, who'd you, wait, you listen to Jason here and yeah. then Brett over on Double Threat. Yeah, yeah. you hear, look. Real professional sounding people. No, they're professionals. <laughs> Don't worry, Mike. Like, uh-huh. everybody, you're professional sounding too in your own way. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't have the, 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 the stentorian booming quality that they have not but you know who does it mike i don't uh, either uh-huh. i don't have that yeah listen to my voice mm-hmm. it's not it's not it's not like it's a oh my god oh, well, you and i we're in the same boat <laughs> these corn balls with this uh pro stuff <laughs> i can't relate <laughs> and then pat pat's kind of in the middle pat's got a very nice soothing easy voice and he's here this week too. How are you, Pat? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Listen, really listen to Pat. Say, <laughs> that's nice. And now he's laying it that's on. That's nice. It's a Tuesday evening and we got some, uh, we got some smooth jams for you. Peter Sotero on the way. They're from Sweden and the name of the band is Duble, <laughs> captain of her heart. Not sure if you guys caught Eurovision, but a little treat for you later coming up on. Are you a big Allison Steele fan, Pat? Allison Steele, no. I don't know. No, you don't know her? No. The she went for that sort of whispering vibe. Oh, yeah. What, like yes. Delilah? Delilah was a, you know, oh, oh man. I don't know her. Was she pre-Delilah? Probably, yeah. Okay. Allison Steele was 70s into, <laughs> oh, okay. like, she started in the 70s and, and went for decades in the New Nightbird. York radio. Yeah, the Nightbird. <laughs> the, the last time I ever heard Delilah was shortly after Trump won the first time, and I'll never forget it. Mindy and I were in the back of a cab, and 
the guy was playing Delilah, whatever it was, Light FM or something, and he had it loud enough that we could hear it, and it was just her in that sort of calm voice, uh, vaguely defending anyone who was like, I think it was like an early version of like a Trump kind of protest, and like, and she was like defending in a weird, vague way the 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 right wing protesters and be like, you know, keep an open mind about these. And we're just like looking at each other. It was almost like a parody. We're like, what is happening? Like, is this is who the bleep is Delilah? Who the who's Delilah? You don't know. Delilah is like the syndicated late night uh, light FM show no, I don't, where I don't she has people scene. call in and they talk about their relationships. No, I know. Making I, I, America great again. And like, and, no, and never heard any of that. Yeah, taking requests, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a request. Less Delilah. <laughs> never hearing about Delilah again. Never hearing about Delilah on the best show. But you know what I want to hear more of? Jason Dudio Gore, his, cause this guy has made a pretty penny with those pipes of his. <laughs> And I mean, literally a pretty penny. It was very, the penny was very pretty. You should have it's seen the, it. It is probably the nicest penny out there. It's because one of the wheat ones. He can do that thing where he's like, um, he, he can do like the lively, like we just heard from uh Steppenwolf with born to be wild coming up next. Steppenwolf with magic carpet ride. Here on the All Steppenwolf Hour. <laughs> I was going to say All Steppenwolf Station. <laughs> Steppenwolf 108.3. Steppen, yeah, or it could be, a, that would be a, that would be a definitely like a, a serious XM station. All Steppenwolf. Yeah. A limited time only channel. All Steppenwolf. Magic Carpet Ride. Born to Se- be Wild. <laughs> the Pusher. And all the rest. Serious XM 13. Yeah. Well, I got to say this to everybody. We're here. We're ready to do it. Going to bring you a good episode tonight. We're going to pick up the 50 greatest, the 50 best candy, uh, snack, snacks of all time, uh, discussion will resume. We're also going to, uh, have our special guest, our friend Chris Gethard on the show to talk about his new special, uh, Speaking of, he's a special friend, and he's got a special special coming out. And it's a special, but it's a special special called Half My Life. Comes out in a week, I believe. We'll talk to him about that and more tonight on the best show.
What's up, everybody? Best show back again on a Tuesday night here. It's the month of May. What's up, everyone? Phone number 201-332, right? What is it? What? Why can't I remember nothing? Pat. You were close. 332. 3484. You got it. There we go. That's the number you call if you got your, your 50, uh, top snacks suggestions. The list is pretty, pretty good so far. The snacks list. I gotta say. I gotta say. It's, uh, I think we're on to something with the snack list because we're being very specific. That was a decision uh, that we made last week, Pat, where we're just like, should it be just soft pretzels or should it be Wawa soft pretzels? Mm-hmm. And we all decided let's, let's get specific with it. Let's get specific with it. And I think that was the right call because, uh, look, it looks a little light right now. I'll admit it. Mike's weird chocolate covered almonds. <laughs> I think I started a thing with those. Yeah, I think you did too. Is it run? Can't can't wait to hear this. (laughs) He, Mike is claiming on Twitter. First of all, this is what Mike did to me on Twitter this week. I say, yeah, go, go, uh, Warriors because they're playing the Lakers. I can't stand the Lakers. They're the most annoying team with the most annoying fans going. So then, um, Mike's like, oh, what are you doing yoga now or something? Cause I guess he's assuming I went LA or something. <laughs> yeah. So then I'm like, no, talk about for one night. Uh-huh. Talk about for one night. I can't stand the Lakers, but here's the kicker. This is where he got me. He said that and Dudio, I want you to wrap your head around this. Pat, you wrap your head. Mike goes, why would you tweet it then? It's just, it's why would you have to say that out loud? Think about the tweets you've seen Mike drop on Twitter. He's a, what's this guy dropping only uh, the, it's the stuff that's worthy of, uh, of, uh, of being, uh, engraved in bronze. I've seen this guy write anything. Yeah. I'm farting all night, but he'll write a tweet anything and he's going to put me under the microscope. He'll put me under the microscope. For a tweet that he determined to not be important enough. What was his fart? Was, fart, was it that? No, 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 just, just, I made that up. Well, no, but, it's but just for the something. record, just for the record, I used to text Tom and I would text him and just fart it. You know, yeah. so that would be my, my text message. Yeah, but I, text. yeah, I, I never took that to Twitter. That no, was you never took a, it to Twitter. That's what that was a personal about. joke between me, me and Tom. Nah, nah, I want to just look. Uh, for Mr. Important held my feet to the fire on this. <laughs> let, me, let me look at a couple of your important, uh, important tweets that got <laughs> sent out or to say I couldn't. Hold on. Let me just pull one here. What's Gray's Anatomy? <laughs> Have you ever What's watched that? an episode? No, but I didn't yeah, need yeah. to tweet out what's Gray's Anatomy. <laughs> Sometimes it's just thinking out loud. Yeah. It's a, it's sort of a monologue, uh, in my head. Oh yeah. No, no, I get, but I guess I'm not, I guess I'm not allowed to have that same monologue going. (laughs) 
Why would you tweet that? It's not important. <laughs> oh, you, you, you dislike both teams, right? Yes, I do dislike yeah. both teams. See, I, you know, I, I can't root for two, ter- you know, when there's two terrible teams I dislike, I just put it in my pocket. You know, it's like I, I don't want to even go on the record that I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for them. But I'd rather, I'd rather the team that I dislike the most lose. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, I mean, there's a strategy down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but and look, if the 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 Warriors, I hate the Warriors, and they lost. Uh-huh. Part of me is very happy about that. And now, if the Lakers lose, I'll be even happier. I can't. I can't even watch Warrior games with that mouthpiece thing going on. With Steph Curry and his mouthpiece. Oh yeah, it's just it's too much. Nah, it's all right. You just look away. <laughs> Let me just say this. The snack list. One weekend. And I, I, we already got, uh, a, a Dudio chomping at the bit literally to start putting, throwing some snacks on this thing. I got a few. Now give me, give me one to start with. Party mix. Party mix. No, it's nowhere near the list. Checks party mix? No, not checks. Keystone. Keystone's best and then Utz is what second. What the hell's best. Keystone? <laughs> Keystone's a southern, I think Keystone's like a southern Utz. Or, or maybe they just make that. party mix. Are they okay. affiliated with the beer? There's a low budget beer called Keystone. I don't think they are. Okay. I think they're two separate. It could be two brothers that had a company and then split off. Uh, um, but it is the snack I would eat all the time in like late nineties, early two uh, thousands well, going to a show. Well, it's not your, your party mix ain't, ain't, uh, it's, got, it's a party of one over there then. <laughs> it's got pretzels. <laughs> it's got pretzels. Well, pretzels, got are, pretzels nacho- are not good. I know, I know I'm going to sound like a Wawa spokesman, uh-huh. but, but when I found that empty shelf and I, I, I had to make a choice for something for a snack last night, I went with a go cup Cajun mix. Cajun mix is good, which was, uh, very satisfying. Yeah. That's a good spice. Neither what about, of these uh, are coming anywhere near. What else? Ranch Doritos. Look, I will say this. Did he vanish after I said cool ranch? Mm-hmm. Dur- Cheetah. Hey everybody, stand by. Looks like we have some uh, glitches happening right now, but we're going to fix this momentarily, so please stand by as Tom will rejoin very shortly. Do you think this was on purpose because I mentioned Cool Ranch Dorito? No, I don't think so. I think... Um, Mike, where do you stand on Cool Ranch Doritos? Oh yeah, far superior than um, the regular Doritos. Thank you. And what is the history? That that came like a few year few years later than the regular. I think it came Doritos. out like like mid to late eighties, if I remember correctly. Like uh-huh. it was the cool thing. Uh huh. It was like let's make a cool flavor. Uh huh. But I mean, it, there was a, a a lag between the two, right? I mean, it, oh yeah, because the the nacho cheese was out for so many years. Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, I ate the hell out of both of them. <laughs> I did. I like Doritos, but. You know, after a certain point, you know, I, I began to the smell uh, of the nacho or the, the smell cool of the nachos. Yes. Yeah. Remi- began to remind me of, uh, you know, sweaty socks. Yeah. I couldn't and, get over that. And then, yeah, the smell became 
a fixation and I couldn't, I couldn't eat regular Doritos anymore. So, uh, Cool Ranch definitely filled a void. Cool Ranch is a good snack. Uh-huh. I know Tom was just saying, I, I, I don't know. I almost kind of feel like he was going to go for Cool Ranch and then he vanished. I think he's but, on the uh, record for a pro, pro Cool Ranch, no? I don't know. <laughs> We've never had them as a snack in the studio. I thought it was in the email today. Oh, well, I, I wrote that. Oh, you wrote that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that was me. The last, right, Tom, I, I wrote, Tom wrote last week. I, okay. uh, I wrote, okay. I figured this was my shot. <laughs> oh, all right. So you were already, this uh, was my Hamilton moment. You were gearing up. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Where okay. I was I see like, what you did there. Yeah, you little. You plant the seed, Mike. A little self-promotion yeah. for your, your cool, cool, cool ranch. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing I self-promote right now. <laughs> but not, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you got a commercial with, deal going. That nothing to do. I would, I'd love, <laughs> hey, if the, if the Doritos people are listening right now, I would love to voice uh-huh. a Dorito. I don't think I've ever done a Doritos demo. I've done a demo for pretty much everyone else. Not Doritos. Uh-huh. I'd love, I would love to, uh, I'd, I'd even do nacho cheese. I mean, God, I have so many on my list, and Tom vanished. Uh, Pat, where are you with uh, Cool Ranch Doritos? Do you like them? Do you hate them? Yeah, I'm not a fan. You're not a fan. Do you like Doritos at all, or are you just no? No, I don't done? like Doritos. I don't like the texture. I'm not a fan. You don't like the the stuff you get on your fingers? Nope. I don't like the the the, the, the I don't like the crunch of the chip. Uh-huh. What about like a what about like a regular a tortilla chip? Tortilla chips are fine with some lime and salsa, but you give mm-hmm. me the the Doritos, I don't like that crunch. It's a different kind of crunch. It's a light crunch compared to a tortilla chip. A uh, tortilla chip. I I think it's harder, and especially if the bag's been... They always taste stale to me, even when someone opens a bag fresh. They taste stale to me. The texture's weird. Yeah, Mike mentioned the stuff on your fingers. It's not a fun experience. I don't like Doritos. I vote them down. Mm. Yeah. Well, Cool Ranch Doritos is going to make this list tonight. (laughs) One way or another. I like Last week, while while you guys were doing the show last week, I added to number one on the list... Whatever Dudio wants. I saw. I thought that's where Tom was. you guys would comment on that. <laughs> well, I thought that's where Tom was going uh, and, before uh, he lost his connection. Yeah, nobody uh, nobody commented on that. So, Do we have a reading of, the say, maybe the top 10, top 20? Here, just here's as a where, reminder. Here's where we are so far, okay? Uh, number 47, chocolate-covered almonds. <laughs> uh, number 42, chocolate-covered Oreos. Number 40. Apple with peanut butter. That's a, that's a breakfast more than a snack, but uh, mm-hmm. oh, whatever. Uh, uh, air-popped popcorn. Uh, 35 peanut M&Ms and air-popped popcorn. Had that. That's good. <laughs> Wawa soft pretzel. That was me. I've never had that. Oh, you get it on your way out. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a guilty pleasure at the register just waiting for you. Oh, so it's like one of the hot things, like right on the counter. I mean, it, whenever they're placed there, they're probably hot, but they're usually just like, they're, they're usually just in a in a shrink wrap bag that are soft all day, and they're ready for you. Oh, it's oh, it's 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 not hanging by. It's not one of those things where it like rotates the. No, it's not a hot pretzel. <laughs> it's a soft okay. pretzel that's just like deliciously soft, and it's like it's like a twist. It's like a. Did they make it that day at that Wawa? Uh, I, or is I it shipped in? Probably shipped, but here's the thing. It's usually day of, fresh, and they, mm-hmm. they have two kinds. There's like a twist, and they have the traditional pretzel shape. And um, it's just always good. And the, they got that kosher salt that you can like 
really give a nice crunch to. Nice. Yeah. I got to try that. We 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 went to a lot of Wawa's on the way. So last week we were down in uh, uh, Carolina Beach, North Carolina. Yeah. Outside of Wilmington. And uh, we were worried about the gas shortage going down there, like the self-made gas shortage with everybody freaking out that there was going to be a shortage and there wasn't one. Um, so we topped off a lot on the way down, knowing that North Carolina could be bad. And there were some abandoned cars on the interstate and a lot of gas stations with like bags over their pumps. And, uh, on the way back, we, you know, we stopped at a lot of Wawa's, but I didn't get any food. So like, where, where was the furthest south Wawa you saw? Furthest south. That's in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen didn't like Wawa. Is that what she said? Kristen doesn't like Wawa because she got shamed one time. Um, she didn't know that you have to pay first and then give them the slip. Is that a thing at all the Wawa's guys? No, sometimes they're a little more lax at different Wawa's. I think there's a different culture at different Wawa's. Quick check. She said she was made to feel, she was made to feel like a thief. What what would you say, Mike? (laughs) No, quick check does the same thing though. Quick uh, check, you, you have to pay first. Yeah, you get your little order, and then you go up and pay, and then you're good to go. Sheets sheets will give you the benefit of doubt, so they don't think that you're a bad person. They'll they'll let you get your food and then pay for it. Uh huh. In the line, you don't have to go do like do it twice. Too late. You can hear she's fired up in the background, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand the principle. You're in the store, right. so technically you haven't left the store with the sandwich. I, I I get the argument. Yeah, you know, I, it's I, like, I'm not a sheets guy. You're not a sheets. See, I'm more, uh, this is the bad. This is the worst show for me to say this, especially with Chris Gethard coming on. Is uh, I'm a, I'm a sheets guy or Wawa. I personally feel that sheets gives you the sheets. <laughs> well, that's the new freedom, isn't it, Mike? <laughs> I've never been, so I can't. Uh, I wait. think that one. You've would... never been to Sheets? No. What, Where's the closest Pennsylvania sheets around here? Pennsylvania, probably. Yeah. It's yeah. Also, it's also, by the way, that's where the closest uh, Waffle House is from here. Is in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I used to do my my FMU show, we were going to try to um, drive, uh, use the use the length of the three hour show to try to drive to the Wawa. Record like pre-record an episode. There was a listener that wanted to do it, and I think he like challenged us on the air. We were going to drive all the way to that Wawa, uh-huh. order food, and then drive back. <laughs> Never happened. Uh, probably for My the, probably for the better. You're back. You're back. I'm gonna murder somebody. <laughs> murder somebody. <laughs> you you vanished after I I had tossed uh, Cool Ranch Doritos out. Yeah, that's how much I didn't like the suggestion. No, that's not what that was. I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you. I'll say this. When they do a movie, when they do these movies, when they do these movies and it's always a period thing and they show people in the 80s with a giant brick phone. Oh, isn't it funny? Cell phones look like that. And think when they do this era, I'm telling you, they better show that nothing worked. They better show that nothing worked. They do a movie that takes place in 2021. Just showed nothing worked. I had to do a YouTube. What are you laughing about? Who is that? <laughs> it's me. I know who's no, talking. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. I, I had yeah, to do. Right. I had to do a YouTube hack. On uh, I'm driving a car. You got 
I mean, I, my car is so old, but now I'm driving a newer car. Do all cars have shift locks on them now? Is that like a, a newer thing? I don't think I've ever driven a car with a shift lock. Okay. Well, you're lucky. Okay. Is it like a child thing? I, I, yeah. I, I read up on it, and I guess there was a case where a child got control of the shift. And and I understand it, you know. But the thing is, it doesn't work. You know, I'm with Tom. They, they, they made this thing a shift lock, and it doesn't work. You get in the car, and you just want to go. But I got to sit there waiting or just, you know, conjuring, praying that this, this shift lock will let me allow, allow me to put it in park. I mean, put it in drive. It's, it's, it's locked up and I never know. I, I'm hitting, there's a side button. There's another button you squeeze. So it's like a two pro, two, two button process. And I haven't figured mm-hmm. it out. So I just went on YouTube. I saw this guy and he's got like a little hack. Uh, using some toothpicks and a screwdriver. Yeah, that's great. That's what you need for a car, toothpicks. <laughs> but, that's where we're at yeah, at this point. But, but this, yeah. Point, but, but, you have a car. You, you, got a, you got a car, and they, they build things on it. You got to go get your own toothpicks. Exactly. To fix a car. Yeah. Nuts. Mike, I'm with you now, Mike. Yeah, yeah, we're united. I was about to bounce you. I was about to bounce <laughs> you so hard. Now, now you're at the front of the list. There you go. Nah, it's fine. This guy's got his toothpick. He likes in a parking lot with toothpicks. <laughs> Trying to get a car to start. <laughs> now nah, I'm saying this. They better show that nothing worked. You rat bastards. All right. What do you want to put? Cool Ranch Doritos? Yeah, Cool Ranch Doritos would be yeah, great. Put, uh, put, what do you, put, put them at 49. Cool Ranch Doritos. Wow. Unless I go have some and then I'll immediately put it high on the list. Cool Ranch Doritos. And do we have, uh, do we have a spot for, uh, Cheetos? We do not. Not yet. 25 for Cheetos. 25 for Cheetos? Yeah. Fried? What's that? Fried? Or air puffed? No, the t- the tight Cheetos, the crunchy ones. Yeah, yeah. Not those, not those air wads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't like a wise cheese doodle. Uh, uh, no, that's yeah, a cheese doodle. We're talking about the Cheetos. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cheetah Chester Cheetah rolled in. He fixed the whole thing. And look, if I was redoing this mascot thing, <laughs> this one and put Chester Cheetah would be top twenty. <laughs> After um, that one solid Cheeto experience I had. On the website. Very now. impression. I'm very impressionable. What's that, Pat? For anyone who wants to see the full completed list, go to thebestshow.net and scroll down to the news section. It's all in its glory. Thebestshow.net has it up there and you check it out. Yes. And I want to tell everybody, I know people are like, there's like, Tom has a book coming out. I hope he doesn't turn the best show into just a commercial for the book. Well, guess what? I'm about to. The book comes out July 6th. It's called It Never Ends. It's a, it's a, it, I wrote it. It's, I love it. I'm very proud of it. It's funny and it's not funny and it's, uh, make you laugh, make you, make a way to wipe away a tear. You get everything from this thing. It's like a Disney movie, <laughs> but good. Imagine a good Disney uh-huh. movie. Imagine if like Pinocchio was good or any of those things. I'll say this. Comes out July 6th. 
you go to tomrotabook.com. You want some, uh, you want some information on how to pre-order it? You go to tomrotabook.com. You can pre-order from so many different places, big places, small places. And people are asking me, it's like, where should I get it from? Should I get it from a big place or a small place? It's up to you. It's up to you. Just get it. That's what matters. Just go get it. Uh, and also, this is what you get. You go to tomrotabook.com and get this. Anybody, wherever you pre-order it from, wherever, your local bookstore, big store, whatever it is, you go over to tomrotabook.com and we got a special there for everybody who pre-orders the book. Got a beautiful signed book, uh, got a book plate. It's a beautiful book plate, postcard sized. Anybody pre-orders the book before July 6th, you go over, you take a screenshot of the order, and then you enter, there's a, there's a little form over at tomrotabook.com, and you enter it in. They're gonna mail you a book plate. Beautiful book plate designed by Julia Vickerman. It's amazing. This thing is, it's the alternate cover for the book you can think of it as. The cover's got one vibe. Book plate's got a different vibe. And I'm gonna sign all of them. I got a mountain of them I gotta sign. You should see this. This stack of these things I gotta sign. Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new office hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Office Hours Live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. As they say on uh, the the Sopranos, Maron, right? Uh-huh. That's what they say. It's like that. Maron. That's what I says. <laughs> Which means what? Mother? Mother F. Is that what it means? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, well, and I apologize <laughs> to the audience. I didn't mean to drop a swear word at you. Um, I just, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, but you can go over, you pre-order the book from anywhere, and then you go get the signed book plate only before the book comes out. Pre-order only. Not, not once a book comes out, these things are they're gone. They're gone. And the publisher is going to mail you out the book plate separate from the book. So it doesn't matter where you order from. They're mailing you the book plate on their own. TomWroteABook.com. Out July 6th. It's a, it's a, it's good. It's a good book. It's a good book. Better than good. It's great. Best thing Looking ever. Looking forward to the, uh, the book chat. Once it starts heating up and people are familiar with the book. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna, gonna get interesting. Yeah. It's gonna get interesting. It's gonna be, it is truly Mike. Yeah. You're right, Mike. I want to talk about 15 year old Tom. Yeah. Right. I don't want to talk to you about anything <laughs> <laughs> right now. I want to talk about snacks tonight. You want my internet to go out in my brain? The, you want the, you want the internet in my head to conk out? Then we'll talk about 15 year old Tom tonight. Uh-huh. Until then, and put Cheetos. Please put the the tight, crunchy kind in parentheses. The tight, crunchy kind, not the dumb, puffy kind. Just in case anybody mistakes Cheetos or cheese doodles. 
But yeah, you go over there and you order the book. Wouldn't kill you uh, guys to order a copy. Oh, I already got one on the way. <laughs> oh, you actually do? Oh, my God. Yeah, I bought it the sure. week it went on sale. No, that's very sweet. I was joking. Yeah. You didn't have to. I, I'll get you a free. We got a very sternly uh, worded text message telling us to do it, so I did it. From who? You. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I'm not a sternly worded text message telling you to pre-order the book. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's, I got, that's where, that's where I'm aiming my focus right now. No, you guys will get, you'll get, you'll get uh, freebies. I actually sent mine to my sister. Uh, I'm going to cut, I'm so going to cut the gotta... corner though from them, just like yeah. a, Good. <laughs> I'm going to do like some cutout type thing. I'll punch a hole in it or something. <laughs> now, but seriously, it never ends comes out in uh, five or so weeks where it's getting closer. These book plates are beautiful. I'm going to be posting all about it on social media. They show the book plate to everybody, but you can look at it at tomrodebook.com. It's kind of like you see me and then you see my head kind of falling apart. Um, yeah, so help me out, would you? I don't ask you to buy stuff all the time. I, I ain't Joe Rogan up here making you buy some cream and lotions and all sorts of crap. We don't do that. This book, first thing that I've asked anybody in this audience to, you do the Patreon, you get stuff for that. But the show don't cost nothing. If you don't want to pay a nickel, you don't pay a nickel to hear the show. You don't pay a nickel. Got eight, eight million hours of the best show. Never cost you a nickel. But just buy the book, would you? For once in my life, can I feel like a big shot? Just let me feel big for once. You read this book, you'll realize why I'm begging you to buy the book so I can feel big for once in my life. It's small. SML. Like uh, Dean, uh, Dean uh, what was his name? Dean Martin, Dean Martin, like he said in uh, Cannonball Run, you're small, SM all. I think that was Dean Martin. So, yeah. Got any calls, Pat? Full phones. Full phone. G- give me line three. How about that? We'll start with three. And do we have three and five? We got all of them. We got all the okay. whole. Then we'll go. Th- this is what we're going to do. Three. I want you to remember this. Three, five, one, two, four, three, four, two, one, two, three, four. That's the order of the next calls. Thank you. Let's do start with though. I was joking too. You don't have to do that. I'm doing it. No. Okay. Well, that's uh, the trademark of quality with this guy. He don't just settle. Best show. Hi. Hi, Tom. It's Jen from Atlanta. How are you? Jen from Atlanta. Yep. Not exactly looking to talk to people from Atlanta this week. <laughs> yeah, I heard there's some contention there, maybe. <laughs> a little bit. I'm not worried. Really I'm not worried for a second. I'm not worried. Has. I'm not worried, Jen. You talk any week you want. What's okay, going on? Great. Jen? And for so people I wonder what I'm talking about, the New York Knicks are in the playoffs against the lowly Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> Look, the Atlanta Hawks, they won game one. They played, uh, they played 
a perfect game for the Hawks. They were at a hundred percent. Hawks were, and they won by two. Knicks played maybe a 75%, uh, strength game. Maybe. And they lost by two. You guys are about to well, get, uh, you guys are about to get <laughs> what fur. You're going to get what fur. I mean, it's good and hot down here in Atlanta, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. So what to, to what do I have the pleasure of this call, Jen? I have some snacks. I really like snacks, and I have some snacks for your list. Okay. Now, what, do I know you, Jen? Have we met before? No, we haven't. Okay. All right. Not yet. Let's see. We, okay. Well, give me some <laughs> snacks that you think should make the list. Okay. Um, these are in no particular order, but ice cream sandwiches, like mini ice cream sandwiches specifically. Mini. So you're saying like a Tofuti Cutie? Yeah, like Tofuti Cutie size. Absolutely. Now, do you feel like we should go with Tofuti Cuties for the list? No. Because there's so many. No. no you want to go just a straight <laughs> ice cream sandwich. Yeah, I'm like a, a Bluebell kind of ice cream gal. What would you say about this, Jen? Mm-hmm. What if we didn't put ice cream sandwiches on, but okay. we put one of the most exciting ice cream sandwich adjacent experiences you could ever have in your life? And yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You unwrap the thing and you lick the wrapper and you get with a, you get the gunky part of the sandwich that's stuck to the wrapper. Oh, I like that part. Yeah, that's the good part. Okay. Number 32. So- Ice cream sandwich wrapper. Ice cream sandwich. <laughs> the gunk stuck to an ice cream sandwich wrapper, please. It's the good bits. It's the good bits. You know what I'm talking about. You unwrap those things. It's never perfect. Oh, it never right? is. It's a huge mess. It's a huge mess, and the gunk gets stuck to the wrapper, and that's some good stuff on that wrapper. Yeah, you got to eat it. You don't No ice cream sandwich left behind. Yeah, thank you. That was my favorite <laughs> uh my favorite scene in uh in that one uh in Platoon was when he said, No ice cream sandwich left behind <laughs> rapper left behind. <laughs> oh, that's, okay. uh, yeah, that's a good one. What, so I also have a couple more if you're interested. What do we and I saw the movie I was listening to the audiobook for Platoon, that's why that's on my mind. I'm not I'm not uh disrespecting the uh Vietnam vets in any way. I'm just saying <laughs> that movie this Oliver North what a fascinating, un, what a guy with maybe the worst sense of humor going who is still funny. So what, what else you got, Jen? <laughs> uh, nutty buddies. No, wait, wait, nutty buddy. What, what do you, what, what, what are we talking about now? So there's the little Debbie snack cakes called nutty buddies and they're these like peanut butter, mm. chocolate crisp wafer things. And you get two of them, and they're the greatest. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the ones that's like a, cho- a chocolate-coated wafer uh-huh. f- with uh-huh. a peanut butter lining. Is that a fair way to describe yeah. it? Yeah, that's it. To me, those are always one I res- regret after I buy one of those. <laughs> like that's like a, that's like you know a future stomachache. Yeah, it is. It is. That that is. All the little Debbie snack cakes are probably in that category. <laughs> I can't put it on the list, Jen. That's fine. I'm. I'm. It's cool. We can. We can go to another one. I have one more. What else you got? Okay, it's 
a weird one. Oh, oh no, no. Actually, I have the weird one. We won't worry about that one. The best one is Ruffles and French Onion Dip. And that's a very specific craving to want French <laughs> onion dip ruffles. Yeah. Any of the snack, any of the snack experts on the, on the best show staff, what do you think of French onion dip ruffles? It's a, it's a delicious combination. I probably, I would probably go for a hell of a good dip myself. Oh yeah. But, uh, hell of a good will work too. Absolutely. Yeah. Any kind of like, you know, ranchy oniony dip with ruffles is perfection. And that's a good snack. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm sure they're good snacks, but are they the top 50 of all time? I mean, I guess that's the question, right? That's, that's, you don't that's think a Lay's all, dre- all dressed beats out a Ruffles? It's got a lot going on, you know? I think the Ruffles is like simple, it's salty, and then you get the creaminess of the, of the dip. It's, it's a good combo. But, you know, that's my list. <laughs> That might be on your list, Jen. Yeah, it's totally on my list. Um, I have one more thing on my list. Can I tell you one, what that is? Of course you can. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, it's homemade Chex Mix, specifically homemade. That what is it with you makes. people in the mixes? <laughs> it's so fun. Chex Mix, party mix. Dudio's pushing some weird gas station brand uh, party mix on me. It's- a really Keystone fun variety. party mix. Yeah. It, my mama used to put bugles in her mix and maraschino cherries, and it was the most fun. Because sometimes you get a Wait, cherry. Wait, hold on. That, what, what was that? Is she making homemade epicac? What is she doing? <laughs> yeah. She put maraschino crazy. cherries into party mix? Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was crazy. Have, did you ever but, try it? Absolutely. It was great. So you'd reach into, you'd reach into a, a, a bowl full of party mix and yeah. potentially pull out a wet maraschino cherry. Well, they kind of crisp up in the oven because you bake the mix, you know what I mean? So they're kind of, it's sort of dry. Well, you're making, cause this is still it. homemade mix. This is homemade Chex mix, yeah, like the kind you make at Christmas and give your neighbors. You know, it costs $2 for a, a four-pound bag of Chex Mix. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're spending six hours. You're spending six hours making homemade Chex Mix? It would be like if I was like, if I was just like, yeah, I made homemade glass for my windows. <laughs> like, well, how much did it cost? Yeah, about $30,000 all in. But it was so worth it. It's but, it's like, but yeah, you know they just sell glass for windows, and it's like a right. dollar. Right. But with the with the Chex Mix, you can really alter the ratio of like butter and seasoning, and like really go bananas. I don't know. That's fine. <laughs> and did she make that recipe up your your meemaw? <laughs> yeah, she did. Well, actually, I don't know. It might have been passed down from meemaws to other meemaws. I also grew up in Southwest Virginia, so, uh, you know. Oh, doubt in Dudio's Yeah. He's a yeah. West Virginia guy. Southwest Virginia. Yeah. Where okay. in Southwest Virginia? Big Stone Gap. Oh, okay. I did. Yeah. I went to some, uh, marching band competitions in Big Stone Gap. I bet it was the McChesney Festival. I don't remember that name, but it was down there for it's sure. Okay. Cool. 
That's a good name. It's great. Yeah, you're making me long for when Mike was talking about his toothpick <laughs> he had for the car. Yeah. With the McChesty, your, Mike. your, your McChesty <laughs> festival talk. Mike, could you just, uh, text Tom just with imagine, a farted? Wait a second. Imagine, imagine this conversation. Second. Hold on, no. Just imagine this conversation. Yeah, I used to go to, uh, marching band competitions, uh, out that way. Yeah, it must have been the McChesty festival. Yeah, I don't remember the name, but, uh, okay. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, that's pretty much what's, what's what going on. What kind of snacks here. did you get at the McChesty Festival? Party mix. Oh, they would have like nachos. Those like you know the really gross yellow chips and the really yucky yellow cheese. But then cheese. some grandma keeps putting maraschino cherries and everything. Yeah. Well, she's and making we'll homemade. Uh, she's making homemade nachos. <laughs> Everything takes four days. Takes four days. Costs seventy one thousand dollars. <laughs> but uh, but you get uh, some of that radioactive cheese. Just like that just like pretty good. Just like grandma used to. Just like grandma used to make at the gas station. It's <laughs> gas station food. That's gas exactly. station That's food. You're, you, everyone at the McChesty Festival is eating gas station food. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. <laughs> it's the good well, stuff. It's a good stuff. Well, I'll say this, Jen. The good stuff yes. is your call. That's the good stuff. Oh, thanks so much, Tom. It was really awesome talking to you. I've been listening to uh, you guys course. for so long, so it was cool to call you. You're going to get my book? You're going to get my book? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. You're going to get a signed uh, book plate? Yeah, I'm super stoked to see what it looks like. It's cool. Go to TomWroteABook.com and get it. And anybody who's like, oh, all he does is talk about the book. I've waited my whole life for this moment. No, I'm like Phil Collins in that song. I'm like Phil Collins in that song when, he, when we saw that murderer. Remember <laughs> exactly. that thing? When he wrote, he saw murder. Do you ever hear that Phil Collins story? This is what happens. He's yeah. walking past a, a lake. And he sees someone let someone drown, right? Oh. Then he's playing a concert. And he sees that person is front row at the Phil Collins concert. He was about to go into a different song, but then he said, hold on, everyone. He told the band to stop. And then he wrote a new song on the spot that made that person, that condemned that person and let him know wow. through song that he knew they were the murderer or the manslaughterer. Phil Collins. He's rather artist, than contact you know. the authorities, rather than Phil Collins in any way, shape, or form, just hand this matter over to the authorities, he decided to whip up a new song on the spot that lyrically condemned that person. Hey, he was thinking on his feet. <laughs> he was, yes. Yeah. All right. He's got Alamo on the brain. Right? Phil Collins got Alamo on the brain. He collects Alamo memorabilia. Oh, every, oh really? Every time you bought a copy of No Jacket Required, you financed him yeah. uh, buying a uh, – he bought he bought a jacket from the Alamo. Wow. <laughs> That's a weird thing to be really obsessed with. Yeah, well, thank you for Look the call. For you. call anytime okay. you want. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, of course. Bye. We got Chris Gethard coming up later in the show. Very excited about that. Um. Yeah, give me uh, give me uh, a, f- a five, please, Pat, if you could. Hello, best show. 
Hey, Tom. It's Del Quivers from the Newbridge Tourism Board. Um, I, I wanted to uh, chime in on, on the, the uh, snack topic, if that's okay. Yeah, please. Now, I may be dating myself. and I don't know if you, if you remember this, but I'll give it a shot. Do you remember Asparahulks? What, what, what are they? Asparahulks. I don't know what that is. All right. Basically, back in the in the late seventies, maybe the early eighties, they were trying to get kids to to snack better, you know, to not do as much candy and that sort of stuff. So they they started um, packaging. Basically, these were asparagus chunks formed into the shape of the Incredible Hulk. Oh. And were they like packaged? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They they looked vaguely like the Hulk. I, I'm sure there were copyright issues. That's why they didn't really take off. But um, they were terrible. I actually had a couple. Just awful. Really bad. <laughs> so I, I so they were terrible. Yeah. That's that sounds truly disgusting. What was, your name was Dell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, it was a a worse snack for kids though. What's that? Brussels things. Brussels things. Yeah. And what's a Brussels thing? Basically the same concept, but it was the thing in the uh, made out of Brussels sprouts. Oh, that's even worse. I thought a sparrow hulks would have been the worst thing I've ever heard, but Brussels things takes the uh, takes the cake. Um, I would wow. I would have preferred cake as a kid. To be yeah. honest. I'd prefer I'd prefer anything to uh, a sparrow hulks. I know it's true. Um, yeah. Hey, speaking of food, food and snacks, um, I have some huge news that's guaranteed to make everyone listening go, "Oh wow, that is huge news!" <laughs> oh, okay. So it'll make people say, "Oh wow, that is huge news." They will, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you'll you'll agree once you hear the huge news. So once I hear this, I'm going to say, "Oh wow, that is huge news." Yeah, because at first you'll be a little bit, a little bit doubtful that you know, oh, this guy's really overselling this idea that's that's probably going to be pretty small. But like once I lay it on, you're you're going to go, "Oh no, that was huge news." Okay, all right, well, I'm ready, Dell. All right. Well, in an effort to get more tourism into Newbridge, the Newbridge Foodie Federation has put together something very exciting. And I need I need to ask you just for, uh, you know, uh, I'm required to ask this. Are you strapped in? I am strapped in. Ha- have you doffed your helmet? Wait, is it doffed or donned? Don. Doff would be to take it off, right? Oh, I, yes. Yes, you're right. Yes, it is donned. I have donned my helmet. Don Henley seems kind of mean, right? Yeah, kinda. I, I would say just remove the word "kinda" from that. I, <laughs> he seems enough, yeah. he, he seems so miserable. You'd you'd think a guy, a handsome, a handsome, talented guy, whose band became the biggest, one of the biggest bands ever. Would it would at some point and then manage a, a, an incredibly successful solo career when he wasn't in the right. Eagles? 
you'd think he would give off the vibe of maybe maybe enjoying something at some point. I know, yeah. I think he likes telling people about, like, the pond that he's saving. I think that's where, where he gets his uh, his kicks. Yeah, I guess he does get his ki- pond kicks is what he gets. Pond kicks. That should be an album page. I'll, I'll jot that down in case I ever run into him. Yeah, okay. So, yes, you don your helmet. Okay, so here we go. I am proud to announce, drum roll, the New Bridge Restaurant Run. The New Bridge Restaurant Run. Yes, and and as far as I know, this is the first ever restaurant tour to happen in New Bridge. Um, I'm... There was one in East Westbridge. Now that I think about it, it was I think it was around 2017, but it, it was ruined by this carload of dirt bags who drove alongside the participants for the entire whatever two or three miles it was, berating them all the way with phrases like "You guys, S D, S my D, L my H. I want to W your F with my N." Oh. all over a small PA system that was attached to the roof of their car. Very rude. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, ruined it. Totally ruined it. I, I, I just yeah. don't get where kids kids get off doing that sort of thing. It's really, I don't know, it's, uh, it's depressing. It's very, it's very disappointing. Very disappointing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, so so that's what they're kicking off. What now? The restaurant run. The restaurant run. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, it's exciting. Consider, right? What's that? It's exciting, right? It is exciting. I will say, oh wow, that is huge news. I'm you oh. you you called it on that because right. It is huge news because things have been pretty, pretty down, you know, and I think like a food tour is a great, it's a, it's the right time for, for that idea. I'm glad you think so. I'm glad you think so. Yeah, that's perfect timing. I mean, because seriously, I mean. Just think about Newbridge and the, the amount of, the sheer amount of restaurants in town and the difficult time that so many of them have had since all the COVID stuff happening. It's, it, it's, it's been terrible, you know, and, um, we lost a handful of legendary restaurants over the last year and a half, you know, restaurants like, um, off the top of my head, the um, the macaroni mutiny, um, Mother Shucker's Oyster House, um, Ye Old Pudding Palace, and and of course Flagrance, the Quint City's only quarter Michelin star restaurant. That was a that was really tough to lose that one. Those are huge losses. Yeah, yeah, but Tom, fear not, because there is a plethora of high quality restaurants still remaining. And several new ones that are about to become just as synonymous with Newbridge as Muffler Row, Current Pharmaceuticals, and the old Viking burial ground out by Jill's Erotic Literature Emporium. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
it's going to be good stuff. And uh, now I, I, I got to say, the the eating tour is still in the planning stages, but we've already got hard and semi-hard commitments from several great eating establishments. Hmm. Maybe maybe is there a way to not have hard or semi-hard as a determin determination determinator of commitment? Well, what about um uh flaccid? No, not no, not flaccid. Worse. Okay. Well, all right, let me think about this. Maybe I'll get back to you on this. But that's what I got so far. That's what okay. That's okay. That's all, all, all I have in, in my quiver to use a pun of, of, of my own name, of course. That's funny. Sure, because uh, your name is Del Quivers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No relation to Robin. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, 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 that's, that's your business. It is. Um, so, up first, we got Sal Glad's, which is, of course, the new salads-only restaurant that Sal Kernelino has had in the works ever since he was nearly rubbed out in that 2018 turf war between the Colonelinos and their arch rivals, the Petitucci's. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Sal and his sons, I, I guess they're the lads in the restaurant's name, Sal's Lads, which it, it, it's unwieldy if you ask me, but that's the only real sore point I, I have with the place. You know, they've, they, they've really outdone themselves with this this fine eating establishment located on Stinkberry Street in the heart of Guido Town. <laughs> sorry, I dropped my wallet. Uh huh. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, you know, I, I, I've eaten there once, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this place makes Colonel Jessup's salad plantation look like a rundown cafe that only serves day-old Soylent Green. No, that's a that's a bold statement. Right, it really is. It really is. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I I guess we should tell the people who sign up for this this tour to bring their dirty clothes because one of the stops is the Quinn City's only combination hamburger joint and laundromat. That's right, the hamburger hamper. Okay. I'm not sure if you've ever eaten there, but I, I, I uh, you know. What a surprise it'll be for those who've, who've never eaten at the Hamburger Hamper because when they realize that their French fries are, are kept piping hot, not under heat lamps, but inside of Hamburger Hamper's fully functioning clothes dryers. And I, I, I do want to warn everybody that not all the dryer sheets are edible. But some of them are? Uh, I think like three of the seven that they, they use there are. Yeah, they, they don't really mark which ones are and aren't, so that's... I don't know, maybe they get some sort of fun out of that. I don't know. Out of not marking which ones are edible? Yes, yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds very risky. A little questionable now that, now that you put it that way. Yeah, I, I would probably just tell people in general to refrain from eating the, any of them in case they're eating the inedible ones. I will say the edible ones are supposed to be scrumptious, so... Might be worth the worth the, uh, the chance. I don't know. Now I'm going to say uh, I'm going to respectfully say it's probably not worth the chance. Okay. All right. Um, hey, Tom. Yeah. Remember how when you were a kid you loved to eat a hot fudge sundae out of a miniature batting helmet? Oh, do I ever? Yeah. It was like the, the most fun ever, right? It was so much fun. 
Yeah. To have a little batting helmet filled with ice cream and then hot fudge and and all the fixins, the wet walnuts and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, the walnuts, yes. Oh, oh, I right. Those walnuts. those wet walnuts. Oh, the wet ones. The wet nuts are the best nuts, Tom. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, look. The Tiny Hat Bistro takes that to a level unheard of until what I'm about to say just now. That's a weird sentence, but literally every morsel is served in the kind of tiny hat worn by hard ska music stars, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, and power pop purveyors, the yes, the no, and the maybe. How's that for cool? So it is Tiny Hat. What is it now? It's the Tiny Hat Bistro. The Tiny Hat Bistro and the... The hats are, they're little helmets, but they're made of like no, they're, pork pie hats. Cloth. Yes, they're pork pie hats, but they're, they're cloth. They're not, uh, that's, that's kind of the cool thing is that it, it, it retains, you know, the, the vibe of, of the actual pork pie hats. They're not plastic. So you're eating, you're eating out of an actual pork pie hat. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't know about that one. There's even seven different types of tiny hats made especially for each of the tiny hat bistro signature dipping sauces. Dipping. So you're going to have dipping. You're going to. Doesn't the sauce like soak through the hat? Probably. Is that bad? It would. It would's not good. Well, maybe they put the tiny hats on 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 plates. No, that's true. Harder. Maybe they do, and then yeah, it's not hard. a big. Then it's like a. Then it's like a bread bowl. Yeah, maybe they're hard or semi-hard bread bowls. Hmm. Okay. Again, with the hard and semi-hard, uh, but that's fine. Um, any other places? Yes. Hear ye, hear ye! Hunger is in session at Judge Montgomery Davies Hot Dog Court. Oh, so okay. So Judge Montgomery Davies the infamous judge in Newbridge who has uh, been scandal play, plagued by scandal. Look, Tom, we all make mistakes, and Judge Davies made a difference. <laughs> He's dropping this wallet, and it falls directly under the couch. What's that? That's not Schrodinger's law. What is that called? When something I'm falls, not... like... I can't... I don't know. No, no, Schrodinger's cat was the cat that couldn't stop eating... Was it pudding out of a bowl? Something like that. It was something like that. Yeah. I mean, you got, I think you got food on the brain here, Dell. I think I do too. Yeah. But like I was saying, we all make mistakes and, and, and Judge Davies made a doozy when he was caught doing the devil's business under his robe some 20 years ago. But what if I told you that Judge Davies had channeled the same obsessiveness and ingenuity with which he fashioned his now legendary device? into making the best-tasting wieners to ever invade your mouth. Um, what, what would I say to that? Yes. I'd, I'd, say, uh, I'd say, do you guys take credit cards? <laughs> See, you're, you're into it. You're into it. Yeah. And, Tom, um, don't be alarmed. That whoosh followed by a dull thud coming from the kitchen is only Judge Davies racing through the kitchen with a fresh batch of links and plopping him right on that grill. Mm. Now you're talking my language. 
That's right. I saved the best for last. Are you ready? Yeah. The batter butler is back. The batter butler, the, wow, that's a name I have not heard in many, many years. Right. And for, for those who don't remember, the batter butler was a special kind of deep frying device that was used exclusively at Yale Burger Barn, which was, of course, the hottest spot in Newbridge back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, it was a, it was a popular on, place. Super popular. You, could, you, couldn't, you couldn't get in there without, like, a four-month reservation. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and everything on the, on the menu from apps to dessert was plunged in fat-enhanced batter and dropped in one of the batter butlers. They mm-hmm. even served deep-fried beer, from what I remember. Wow. I don't remember that, but that, that sounds intriguing. Look, I honestly don't remember why Ye Old Burger Barn was shut down. It was probably because a busboy fell into a fryer drain after our gang initiation, but that, that's not important. What, what is important is that the batter butlers are back up and running with even thicker batter. Can you say yummers, Tom? Um, yeah, sure can. Would you say it once? Oh, you do you literally want me to say yummers? I do. I do. Yay, yummers. Thank you. And look, so it, it's back up and running. And, and because the, the word butler has negative connotations now, the restaurant has been renamed in a way that spotlights the deep fryers, but it also has both feet firmly implanted in the, in the, uh, the 21st century. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, what, it, what is the new name? The batter indentured servant. Oh, well, that's so much more offensive than butler. Oh my God! No, that's a. Oh wait, that's, you that's know now that you name. say it, 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 it does it does have have a a bad ring, and I think if I see Don Henley, I'll probably bring it up to him as well. You're sure pinning a fair amount of business on this this meetup with Don Henley. You never know. You never know. I know a guy who was just hanging out in outside of a, a I guess it was a Cumberland Farms maybe up in. Um, Gosh, where was it? It was uh, it was somewhere in the beach area of New Jersey. Who does he run into? Danny Federici. Okay, who plays in the E Street Band? He did. Yeah, he he, he passed on. Played in the E Street Band. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you know, you never know. No, you don't. You don't. It's it's exciting to the people that are out, the famous people that are out and about. You never know. So maybe you will run into Don Henley. Now you have two uh, pieces of business to discuss with him. It's true. You know, I, I, I like how you think, son. And while I have you here, there are actually several slots on, on this restaurant tour that have not been filled. And... um I'm curious what Newbridge restaurants you might like to uh, see on this thing. Oh, wow. Um, well, that's an interesting question. Let me give that some thought. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, there's a seafood place. Uh, Lance Bass is Lance Bass. I like that place a fair amount. Um, House of Pizza Crust is good. Um, Doug Llewellyn's Sushi Pit. Uh, Just Eat It. Uh, Bob Bogle Jr.'s Gravy Hut, uh, the tie they are a servant, uh, Don Shula's Dumpling Hole, 
hose of soup, uh, hippie Johnny's bread, bread and more bread, uh, dog food, but for people, uh, Cherokee Park's donut lean to and, um, uh, hunk of goo. I also like that place. What do they serve there? Just a hunk of goo. Like, what is it? I, I've driven by it like 20 times and I, I never, I don't want to go in, but I'm very curious. It's good. I have no idea what it is. And it's funny because I generally uh, consider myself somebody who does not eat meat. I eat fish. But uh, I'm not sure if I'm eating meat when I eat there. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. What does it taste like? Are there various flavors or is it all just goo? There's two, there's two flavors and they, they, I'm not even sure what they are. There's just, they have numbers. Well, huh. I, I got to check it out. And, and I do have to say, these are all great ideas and I, I will definitely be in contact with these establishments mm-hmm. in the next couple well, of days to get them on board. Well, that's awesome. I mean, this is a very exciting thing you're putting together. And, um, I mean, I personally, I really look forward to actually participating in the restaurant run. I'm so excited to hear that. And I, I think you're going to love it. And don't worry, it's not until the July 4th weekend, so you've got plenty of time to train. Train? Yeah. Wait, this is, not, this is, this is some sort of, what, competitive eating thing? No, don't, don't be silly. It's nothing like that. Okay. Just think of it as... As, uh, I don't know, like a, a 10K run, but you stop every half mile to eat a bunch of food. Wait, hold, so, so, when you said it was a, you said it was called a food and fun run, I, I thought you meant run as in, you know, like a jaunt, like a, or a stroll. Oh, no, uh-uh. No, it, it, it's an actual run. It's, 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 it's a race. But it's just, you know, it's it's a run where you also eat a ton of food all the time. And I, I do want to say you are required to eat everything on your plate at each stop or you have to go back to the beginning and start at the first restaurant all over again. Well, that's a, that's a very uh, tr- tr- troubling thing to hear, especially when, when so many of these restaurants that were listed are uh, over on Everest Boulevard, which is the st- – right. I mean, everybody knows it's the steepest street in North America. And I mean, that actually now feels, I was going to say it was unsafe, but now it's dangerous. That seems dangerous to me. Well, don't worry. All those restaurants are going to be on, on the, uh, the ascent. So you will have to run up Everest. Um, but that, I, I think that just adds to the excitement. And, you know, if you hurdle, that just means there's more food for you at the next stop. Oh, that's okay. That's I don't like that. Well, I, I should say this. I, I've seen a video of a similar restaurant run that took place recently in El Paso, and um, it was intense. And you absolutely will technicolor yawn several times during the race. So just just be prepared. That's disgust. I, I don't like that at all. That's that's disgusting. Okay. Well, hopefully this will make up for it. Each participant will be furnished with a commemorative restaurant run overflow bucket at a very nominal fee. Well, well, an overflow bucket. But what? What is the, the what nominal fee are we talking about here? 
$245. Why? $245. Can I, can I ask how much it costs to participate in the actual restaurant run? Uh, I don't have the figures here in front of me, but I, I think it's around $50, maybe? $50? $45? Okay. So, so, it, it, Del, I gotta say, it seems like the real reason you're doing this whole restaurant run thing is because it, it, it seems like you're actually looking to sell a lot of buckets. Hey, is it my fault I'm Del Quivers, the CEO of Quivers Buckets and Troughs? Is it your fault? Well, I mean, yeah. no, it's not your fault that you are, but you're clearly doing this to line your pockets. I mean, and on top, and by doing it, you're putting a lot of people's health in in real jeopardy. You know what? I don't what? like your your attitude, and, and, and as punishment. I'm going to make sure you do not have access to a commemorative bucket. You're going to have to spew into your hands. Oh, okay. Oh, no. What am I going to do? Look, if you think I'm going anywhere near this this event, which is just a lawsuit waiting to happen, you are uh, insane. Hey, fine with me. Uh, I've already got your entrance and bucket fee, so I don't care. You, wait, you have my entrance and bucket fee. You collected it already? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, how how is that even remotely possible? Since I haven't given you any information. Oh, I'm also Dell Quivers CEO of Quivers Credit Card Services. Credit card? Well, what what services are you providing through your credit card service? What what? We we snoop out credit card numbers and provide them to our customers. Uh huh. And you provide the credit card information to your customers. And who uh, who might be your customers? Uh-huh. What? Bad guys. Bad guys. Well, that's <laughs> this is that's terrible, Dell. That's just uh-huh. terrible. Uh huh. Hey, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're terrible. Maybe I'm terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe you're ter- maybe you're terrible. That. I don't think so. I don't, know. I don't think. I don't know. It's. I don't know. Um. You don't know. Well, Adele, I got to tell you, if you're going to do this, you're just creating a, a climate of. It's it, it's a, you're taking a real situation and you're doing very bad things with it. That makes me feel bad. I never really felt bad before. And now I don't know. I felt I feel bad. Now you feel bad. Yeah. It's like for the first time. For the this is the first time you felt bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm 62, and this is the first time I've ever really felt bad. It's a weird feeling. Yeah, it's a weird feeling, huh? Better late than never, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I do know, and this is very troubling, and it's very, uh, it's bad news, and I'm really disappointed in anyone who, uh, is involved in this. Oh, there's only one thing that can make me not feel bad right now. What's that? Rancid. 
Wait, what is it? Rancid. Rancid. Oh, you're listening to Rancid? And he hung up. Guy plays Rancid on the way out. Wow. Well, that's, that is something I will not be taking part of. Will not participate in that. No way, no day. So, Pat. Yeah. You got any calls? I sure do. Give me, give me a, uh, get, get, get me a good one, please. Best show, hi. Hey, Tom, this is Steve from Jackson, Mississippi. Steve from Jackson, Mississippi. What's up, Steve? Oh, man, just enjoying sitting outside, being on hold for the first time. First time caller, so I'm pretty nervous. And your name is what now? Steve? Steve. Yes. Steve. Steve from Jackson, Mississippi. That's right. How's How are things down in Jackson tonight? Calm. Uh, weather's nice. No complaints, really. I like that. You like that one song? We got married in a fever, right? You know that song. <laughs> Hotter than a pepper sprout. We've been talking about... You say the next line. Jackson. Because you know the... What is it? Well, I'm talking about Jackson. It's a good song. It's a great one. The pepper sprout part's the best. Yeah. The late, great Johnny Cash. That's right. So to, to what do I have the pleasure of this call, Steve? Oh, well, I was uh, calling one to say a new, relatively new fan, and I love uh, your work and the show, and it's one of my favorite things currently and hopefully for a long time. And uh, I'm loving listening and getting caught up on the old episodes that I've missed before I became a fan and an avid listener. Uh, and, and I guess moreover, I've got, I've got one for the topic tonight too, or hopefully maybe a few. Well, I'm, I'm excited to hear that. Uh, well, uh, thank you for joining the, the, uh, the best show. We appreciate thank you very much. You are welcome, my friend. Thank you. What do I have the pleasure of your joining the show? How did you find it, if I may ask? Oh, uh, yeah, I have, I've got a, a good friend who, a long, long time friend, uh, here, uh, in Jackson where we live. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's an artist. He's a very cool guy and he, uh, has a, been a long time fan and he, he turned me on to you and you guys. Maybe. And what's that? What's his name? The, his name's Kyle Hilton. He's going to be pumped that. His name was mentioned on the show, by the way. Let me say this. He's- Kyle, you listen to me, Kyle. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Kyle. You brought this guy, Steve, into my life, and he's now one of my better, best friends. Oh, and wow. And you didn't do that. Because I had some, I had a, a little bit of money trouble, and then Steve came through for me. <laughs> He lent me uh, $38,000. <laughs> and he just did it immediately. He just Venmoed me thirty eight grand. He didn't even hesitate. <laughs> so I thank you for the, for putting Steve into my life. 
working out for everybody. There you go. Yes. So what do you got for the topic? Well, I've, I've kind of been sitting on hold and, and not listening. I plan on listening to the whole show tomorrow. So if these are repeats, I apologize. But, um, oh, you don't worry. You don't worry. Uh, you don't worry your head, Steve. <laughs> these are some of my favorites and I'm interested to get your, your take on them. Um, I, I love a fudge pop, a fudge sickle. That's one of my favorite things in the world. At the end of the day, it's, you know, it's a little hot and humid down here in the south. Mm-hmm. Plop on the couch, grab a fudge pop. Interesting. So you like a you like a fudge you on a hot day you like a frozen <laughs> fudge stick. Absolutely. Not, not yeah. something more fruit based, not like an actual popsicle. No, no. Never never been drawn to that. No. Fudge. Fudge sickle. What about a cream sickle? You like those? Love those. Yeah. Would you consider Absolutely. swapping fudge sickle for cream sickle? It's interesting. My dad has a routine where he alternates those. So, uh, I think on the it's same night, inevitable. In the same <laughs> moment, like he opens each one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, old Papa, old Papa Steve, he unwraps a fudge sickle and then unwraps a cream sickle, and then what? He just smash them both in his mouth at the same time, where he I'll goes back. And forth. <laughs> All heck breaks loose. Yeah. yeah. Give me, give me, paint the picture for me. How's, how's Papa, how's Papa eating those sickles? Um, I, you know, realistically, I imagine what happens is he decides he'll choose one. And he, I, I would, I would, I feel like he leans more toward, you know, like me, it might be in our DNA. He, he leans toward that fudge. Uh, and he'll enjoy the fudge, maybe, uh, and he'll tidy up, throw away the wrapper, you know, lick the, little cardboard or whatever stick till it's clean, throw it away. And then I bet maybe five or ten minutes goes by, you know, commercial break on a family feud rerun or something like that and you know, it hits him. You could have a you could have a uh cream sickle now. You've got those. So to your your to your your pappy <laughs> to your pappy a cream sickle is like dessert for a fudge sickle. Yes, perfect. Perfectly so fudge yeah. sickles dinner to your your pappy, and a cream <laughs> sickle is the dessert after the fudge sickle. Perfectly said. No, that is that's uh, that's some kind of roller coaster you got going down down there. <laughs> and you know what? I love it. Really? Yeah. Love it enough me. to make the list. Yeah. Oh man. This is what I'm gonna do. For the thirty eight grand you're gonna lend me. Yeah. Put cream sickle cream sickle at number thirty eight. That's amazing. It's worth it. Yeah. Best thirty eight grand you ever spent and didn't get back. <laughs> yeah. Right? As of right now, absolutely. Alright, my friend. Anything else? I'll stick with that. It's it's great to get to call one for one, shooting a hundred percent from the line. Uh, Thank I'll, you. And I'll this hold, is I'll hold. This is what makes Steve a class act. He didn't keep pressing. He didn't keep trying to thread through. He didn't take the house. By. Steve's the kind of guy that bankrupts casinos. <laughs> Steve hits. 
He walks. Uh, he's uh, he's in the parking lot after he hits. <laughs> I'm thinking he's about at the craps table. He hits. Up. Next thing you know, he's he's gone. <laughs> I give you credit, Steve. Thanks for the call. Absolutely. Thank you, Tom. Of course. Pat, what are we looking at? Still got three callers, and we also have a special guest uh, standing by. Yeah, give me a regular caller, then we'll go to special guest. And the special guest is no secret. It's Chris Gethard, the the, the star of the new uh, stand-up special, Half My Life. Besho, hi. Hey, Tom. It's Ryan calling from Erie, Colorado. Ryan from Erie, Colorado. What's going on in Erie tonight? Oh, not much. My daughter and I are just sitting back listening to the show. Super pumped to, to be on with you. How old's your daughter, if you don't mind me asking? She is 10 years old, and she'll wrap up fifth grade in about two days here. That's exciting. Anyway, this is what I want you to do for her, Papa. Drop a, Drop some cash in her hand. Drop some cash. You give her, give her a five spot and say, is your two days away and this is from Tom. And then I'll Venmo okay. you five bucks. Sounds good. I'll do that. Uh, as soon as I hang up, I'll go grab it out of the piggy bank. Thank you. You go do that. <laughs> what else we got? Well, I've got one for the topic. Let's hear it. What do you got? So, I was thinking edamame would be a good one. It's it's a fun, healthy snack, and it's really fun to eat, too. This is a conundrum here. Are you sure? Is edamame... You're talking like... Are you talking like hot edamame, warm, heated up? Yeah. You know, sometimes um, you can boil them and then let them sit for a few minutes. They're in the shell, and you can just pop them right out and eat them. You don't put nothing on it? Sometimes they come salted, and and I don't know how they do that. Well, I can tell you how they do it. They shake salt on it. Ah. It's it's a pretty easy uh, solution to how do they salt the uh, edamame. It's by pouring salt on it. Yeah, sometimes the best ideas are the most obvious. Yeah, it's right there. It's like uh, Sherlock Holmes said that sometimes you got to look at the thing and it's the simple thing and something like that. Look, I don't know what to do with Sherlock Holmes is. <laughs> so what do we got, buddy? You got the edamame. Mm, you sure it ain't no appetizer? You sure that's a snack? Well, I guess it can be both, but I was hoping for tonight's purposes we could consider it a snack. Does your, does your kid like edamame? Oh, yeah. She loves it. She'll sometimes, she comes home for lunch, and sometimes that's all she'll eat. She'll just boil that up, and, and that's her lunch. Boil it up? What, she, she's running the stove? Yeah. <laughs> hey, who is that? Yep, she's. I, I, it was that your kid just went, yeah. <laughs> yep, that was her. All right, Pop, hand, hand the phone to your daughter if you don't mind. 
Not at all. Here you go. Thanks, Tom. One second. Of course. Hi, Tom. Hi. Who's this now? I am Brinley. Brinley. Yeah. I like your name. Thank you. I don't know any Brinleys, but now I do. Now I know one Brinley. Yeah, you can go home and say, I know a Brinley. That's right. I knew I knew a Brimley. I was good friends with a guy named Wilford Brimley. Good guy. Wow. Mm. Nice. Good guy. You'd like you would have loved him so much. I bet he loved ch- he loved children so. Mm. Well, so Brin- uh, we have- Brimley. Yeah. Now that we got now that we ditched Dad, right? First of all, he said he's going to drop five bucks in your hand. You got to hold him to that. That. Okay. And if he doesn't drop the five bucks in your hand, you tell him, you know what, Pops? You got short arms and deep pockets. Okay. He's like, what are you, a t- you say, what are you, a cheap Tyrannosaurus Rex? Those arms don't reach into the bu- into your pocket? It's <laughs> great. Thanks. Um, so anyway. We have another snack idea. Well, this, cause yeah. this is what I want to talk to you about. Your dad's pushing okay. edamame as a snack. What's going on? Right? He is a health nut. He loves healthy food. All right. Well, what's the stuff you eat when you go over to your friend's house? The stuff you don't tell dad about? Probably some Doritos and Doritos. Here we go. Cream. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of Dorito? I like the original ones. I don't know any other flavor, really. Because I got this guy who works on the best show. He was pushing these Cool Ranch Doritos on me. You ever have those? Yeah, those are good. What do you want to put on the list? you want to put Cool Ranch Doritos on the list? I say we do it. I'll do it, because I agree. Cool Ranch Doritos are great. Yeah. Uh, where should they go? They should go number two. No, they're not going to go that high. Yeah. We had them at forty-nine. They're not going to, but they're going to go higher than that. What do you think yeah. about uh, what do you think about thirty thirty-nine? Uh, that works. Thirty-nine for Cool Ranch Doritos. That's a ten-slot bump up the list. Because my friend All Brindley right. likes them. Uh, we have another thing, but a lady already talked about it. It's this summer, me and my dad bought all the flavors of Ruffles that are in the United States. Okay. So, and we're going to eat them all in the summer and rate them. You and your, you and old pop's going to knock back every kind of Dorito. I mean, every kind of Ruffles. Yeah. How many, how many flavors are we talking about here, Brinley? 20. 20? Yeah. Well, where are you going to talk about these things? We're going to talk about them on TikTok? <laughs> no, we're actually making an Instagram account called Summer of Ruffles if you want to drop a follow. Summer of Ruffles. Yeah. I love it. It sounds great. It sounds like the kind of experience you and old pops are going to look back on and be like, remember that summer we ate Ruffles? 
Our mouths, the roof of our mouths are destroyed. Yeah. Sh- shredded like so much, uh, sh- so much, uh, 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 tasteful shreds. Yeah. Tasteful shreds. Go over, check out tasteful shreds, my friends. Jeff Owens, our friend, Jeff T. Owens, talented artist. So. Hi. This is what I can't, this is what I gotta do though. I wanna follow your Ruffles adventure. But right now, you don't know enough about Ruffles to say which one's the best. You didn't go down the road yet. Yeah, it's gonna be our journey. Yeah. I look forward to tracking every step of it. Okay. Thank you. You almost done with school? Two days to go? Very excited? Very excited. You sick of the Zoom? Yeah, pretty much. Very sick of it. I hear you. Well, well, Brinley, thank you for the call. Yeah. You have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. Ah, thanks. That was a good call. Let me also just say, there's this podcast now. It's getting a lot of hype around these parts. Sister Sledgehammer. I'm not listening. I'll mention it. I'll plug it because I have friends associated with the show. Not plugging it. Not plugging it. They, they, first of all, they don't follow me on Twitter. Secondly, they were on the double threat, uh, feed and did nothing but disrespect me. Yeah. Consider they are banned from the best show. Banned. That's a ban on Sister Sledgehammer. So, uh, and also double threat this week. We got, uh, our, our tribute, me and Julie Klausner, the amazing Julie Klausner, uh, we do the show Double Threat every week. Comes out on Mondays over on the Forever Dog Network. Our episode is a tribute to Charles Grodin, and it's so good. And we got Martin Short to check in, Elaine Boozler, and Meryl Marco. Very talented group of people, very appreciative of them checking in and talking all about Charles Grodin. So check that out. And all it did was draw a stark contrast. Double threats getting Martin short. What am I getting over here? What am I getting? First quarter. First quarter of 2022, I'm being told. Wait, what do you get me? Joe Biden when he's campaigning for midterm elections? It's not Joe Biden. They said no. This is the deal. This best show staff, give me some guests. I got a big event coming up. We're going to do a big event and we're going to, we're going to talk about it. Me, me and Dudio and Pat and, and AP Mike, we'll all plan this thing out. But there's a big, there's a big fun surprise episode of the best show right around the corner to commemorate the book coming out. Don't want to give any specifics away yet, but we're going to make it count. So. Anyway, let's get some guests, huh? Huh, guys? Huh? 
double threat gets a uh, comedy legend on the show. I'm lucky enough. I, I got my, okay. What about David Crosby? From six years ago? Lou Diamond Phillips follows me on Twitter with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know how much of a fan I am. I'm always, I'm always <laughs> talking about him. Look, I'll take Lou Diamond Phillips to be great. He's a very talented actor. He really is. I'll take it in a second. But am I looking for something a little, little, uh, a little splashier? Yeah, I am. A little splashier. Mike? Yeah. What are we thinking with these guests? Anything up your sleeve? Uh, I've reached out to the Iron Sheik. He hasn't, uh, responded. No, oh, congratulations. The Iron, we found the one person the Iron Sheik won't answer to on social media. Yeah. Uh, okay. Who else? It didn't pan out. I'm looking at Randy Quaid. He's kind of a live wire <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, I guess that's a polite way of putting it. <laughs> no, he's a downed wire is what he is. He's, he's, a, <laughs> he's a little all over the place. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Randy Quaid is a downed wire in your neighborhood where they have to put up, they have to put up tape to say like, do not go. The power's out in the neighborhood and you're waiting for them to show up and fix it. But if you go touch it, you'll get zapped. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who else? And yeah, that's it. That's it in your Rolodex. No, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe let's maybe, let's maybe see about stepping it up on a scooch. <laughs> um, and Dudio has some mysterious guest a year from now. Well, it's getting pretty close now. We're about <laughs> six months away. Uh-huh. Oh, God. So, it's a good one. Oh, man, it's a good one. Okay. Pat, any guest ideas? Pat's just going to go, no. He doesn't mess around. If you don't have none, he'll just say no. Yeah, I mean, I want to say yes. But you're saying no. It's fine. Just say it. Say the word no. Nope. <laughs> he leaned into that. <laughs> he said it with pride. Nope. I wasn't asking for you to be proud of the no. I was just asking for the no. Well, that's fine. That's fine. No, we'll get it. I'll, don't worry. I'll keep lining, I'll keep lining them up on my end. And speaking of which, I think we got another one on, uh, on the hold now. On the hotline. They're uh, right here in the Zoom. They're on. Please bring them on the show. If you could bring my guest, my esteemed guest, Chris Gethard, on the show. How are you, Tom? Oh my goodness! Listen to this. This is now this guy. This is so exciting. Because first of all, Chris Gethard, he's I'm lucky enough to call him a friend, and he's done so many things. He's written a couple great books. He's done uh, a few different TV shows. He's got a podcast, Beautiful Anonymous. He's a stand-up comic. He does everything. What can't this guy do? And I was going to say this. You know what he can't do? He can't put together an hour-long 
travel log stand-up special. I said I, I, that was on my list of things uh, Chris Gethard couldn't do. I had to cross it off because I watched it. You, did, you have this great special coming out. Is it next week? When's it come out? June 1st, it's out. June 1st, and it is called Half My Life. That's the one. And, and I uh, watched it. It's great. Oh, you did. That's awesome. Thanks. I loved it. Yeah, it was really fun. It was funny and it's, it's sweet. And it's, it's, it's also, I, 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 I gotta say, Chris, I admire you. You know why? Cause you, you did not start off as a stand up comic per se. No, not at all. You started off more, you were an improviser when you started off. Yeah, I was a UCB guy. It was pretty, mm-hmm. it's pretty terrifying to make the switch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah. I've done it, I think, somewhat successfully. I would uh, say uh, to remove the word somewhat from that. Thanks, Tom. And can, can, can I just say something on my end? Of course, please. Well, first of all, it's so nice to be back on the show. You've been so kind to me over the years. And I don't think I've ever had a better intro than um, four minutes of you grilling every member of your staff about why they can't get better guests. And, and then me. No, I got you though. No, I went and got I'm, the good guy. I just think it's funny to be like, guys, we need to step up the game. Who do you got? Who do you got? Who do you got? I need them to do it. Yeah, I, guess we'll I can't settle. be the only I guess one. We'll settle on I guess we'll settle no, on Gethard. No, 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 no. You know that's not you. No, you're doing the Chris Gethard move in the playbook. That's a Chris Gethard 101 strategy, and I don't buy it for a second. You know you're good. Well, deep down, I'm a. Uh, a violently arrogant person. You know that. Behind behind closed doors, That's violently runs, arrogant. That's what runs underneath all of it for all of us, Chris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a thing where you're just like you say you're ter- you, you say you're worthless and then you're saying it so that somebody could go, "No, you're not." And you're like, "Wait, why aren't they saying I'm not worthless?" That's my that's my MO. Yeah. And or or then people tell you you're good and you go, "Oh, these are not people these are it's like you spend all this time craving validation and you go and then these squares who i don't respect like me like me great great Mm -hmm. yeah you self-sabotage in every direction and let me also i forgot to say this at the beginning of the show we heard set the fair light from the new islands album which comes out in a couple weeks isla mania which is a great album and it's 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 right around the corner of the eighth islands album and Old, uh, Nick Thorburn and myself have a, a little, little, uh, surprise up our sleeve, which should come out in the next week or so, uh, that will, there'll be more information on. So check, uh, check this space for more news on that. I forgot to say that at the head of the show, but Chris Gethard. Yeah. Well, look, you and I were both, we're cut from, from the same cloth, more or less. We're New Jersey born and bred. We're, we kind of have the, the chip on our shoulders. The chip. I think so. I think so. I, I feel like I've lost it a little bit, but not because I've gotten healthier, but because like I want it back so bad. I want that creative motivation back so bad of feeling like everything's against me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. There's no way in which I go, oh, yeah, like my, my therapy and medication has finally kicked in and I'm not angry all the time. I'm kind of angry that I'm not angrier right now. You know what I mean? You're angry that you're not, that you can't, 
that, that there's a certain a certain level of contentment. Yeah, like I, I things are going pretty good in, in the personal life. Like I have a an amazing a, kid. Yeah, my son is so beautiful. I'm, I'm living back in Jersey, and that feels really right. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here like, man, how do I get how do I get pissed off at the powers that be right now? I'm trying to find my way. I'm trying to find a way. You're gonna find it. I, yeah. I don't think this is exactly a problem. It will it will come knocking at your door. You it's it's the kind of thing. It will be like the movie. It follows. It will it will find you. I can't wait. And now, how are you doing? How are you doing? I feel like you sound more calm and relaxed than I've than I've heard you on the show. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. It's these. I'm I'm working a ton and uh, getting ready for this book coming out. And if I sound relaxed, it's part a part of it's me being relaxed. Part of it's me being completely depleted. Fair. Fair. I pre-ordered the book though. Spent money on it. Sweet. Didn't Thank even you. hit you up and beg for a free copy. Look at that. See, that's Spent the harder in cash. Maybe people out there will listen and do the right thing. I hope they do. My, my favorite thing to do is to go to a bookstore. When I have a friend who puts a book out, I go buy it at the bookstore and it's a, it's a privilege to go to the bookstore and say, do you have a bad thing I'm about to do? by Chris Gethard. And then they go, Oh yes, it just, it came out today right over here. And then I buy a copy of it. And I try to do that with all my friends who put things out. Cause it's exciting to see your friends thing in a store is thrilling. It's very cool. It's very cool. And then, yeah. and then later on, IFC had said, Hey, you should do a pilot based on this book. And they, and then you, were the the showrunner, even though it didn't go. You were you were the guy. Well, I and we tell got you, to Chris, meet up in Princeton, New Jersey, and write together. It was pretty if great. We, if we would have done that show, that show was so far ahead of the curve. The show we were working on that was going to adapt your book and and stories uh, similar to those in your book. It really would have that would that show would have been a game changer. It basically. Um, there's no, I'm not in no world. Am I saying anyone stole anything because our pilot was only read by like two guys, mm-hmm. you know, like three people yeah. at IFC, mm-hmm. including that one guy who I really love. Um, and, and, but it pen 15, it's basically the premise of pen 15. Yes. We were, we were talking about a show that would have been, and again, I a hundred percent with what you said, we're not saying in a million years saying that anyone from pen 15 did anything other than come up with their own idea and their own show. They did their thing. We were doing our thing, but it was going to be a similar device. And it, we had it figured out uh, years ago, years before that. And it would have been so much fun. And um, yeah, but say la vie. Do you remember what one of our opening scenes involved? me playing myself at the age of like eight or nine and having another, was, like me being frozen in fear at, at, at something. And, uh, we're going to have an eight year old actor who was trying to protect me <laughs> slice through the shock by having him physically beat me. Yes. Brutally. <laughs> it was going to be so funny to watch you. You were going to play yourself at all ages. Yeah, yeah. Like not just, not just at age 10 or nine, it was going to be whatever story happened to you, you would play yourself in it, and the other actors would all be age-appropriate. 
We had, I feel like in the pilot, if I remember right, in the pilot, we had more than one scene where a child actor would physically thrash me. It would we have been you, good. It would have been so funny to watch you running in terror from an 11 year old. Mm-hmm. And you with a bunch of nine year olds and 10 year olds hiding in fear as the 11 year old is looking for you. My manager still on occasion will be like, we gotta go sell that show. And I'm like, well, great. Say the word. Let's do let, it. Let's do it. It is, we have issued a call to the industry right now. There is a great pilot. It is so funny. And here, and just come knock on our door and you have a ready made show. We could be on set next week shooting at, this. At this point, I'm happy to just be a writer. It can be some other, uh, cooler, younger actor who still has a lot of energy and life in his eyes that plays the main character. I'm, I'd be fine with that. I'm not ego driven. I just want I WGA insurance. I want to see you do it. Uh, maybe this old dog has a new trick or two left. Who knows? I think that, I think that old dog's got a couple of drugs. Look, if, if you could learn basically, and one of the many things I admire about you, Chris, there's so many things I admire. One, one of them is the, like I had said, you did not start off as a stand-up. It's a very hard thing to, uh, a hard world to enter if you're not going to do it as a, uh, as a, as a, a kind of like a, 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 a tourist. You could do it as a tour. Anybody could do it as a tourist. There's always those things where it's like, oh, the guy who played Skippy on uh, Family Ties is doing stand-up. You're like, oh, great. How's that going? He's like, yeah, he doesn't do it anymore. So many actors try it for a few times, and then they say, ah, it's not exactly what I was looking to do. You love the form, clearly, and then you went and put the work in. What was What was that? What was that like to take that dive all the way in? It was really... I look back in, in horror at how it went because I was already, I probably didn't start doing any type of solo performing until I was already six or seven years in at UCB. And I was, you know, I kind of climbed the ladder there, you know, like I was putting mm-hmm. in the work and I was good. And then other people were moving to LA and then you kind of get to move up the food chain. And by the time I really started going with stand up, it was like I already had that security blanket that I could go and, and do really well at this like hipster stage. So I started, there's like the storytelling scene was starting to come about and I was doing a lot of the monologues at ASCAT and getting a reputation for having good stories. And I'd wind up on these storytelling shows with some of the standups and one show that I, I organized myself and, you know, but storytelling is not stand up. Like the crowd will sit there and listen to exposition and it doesn't need to have like, you know, punchlines that come at any consistent pace. Like they'll go with you. So we would invite a lot of the Rafifi comics, if you remember that space. Sure. Um, so, you know, this storytelling show would be like Mike Birbiglia, John Mullaney, Nick Kroll, Joe Mandy, Chelsea Peretti, Jenny Slate, Gabe Liebman. Like those people were all friends of mine through like the mutual admiration between those two scenes. And then they started inviting me down to do their stand-up shows at Rafifi, which was like the hot room at the time. Mm-hmm. And which, was, and that was a bar for people who don't know it was a bar yeah. in kind of downtown was on 14th. I think 11th street. If 11th I street. Okay. In the East village. And the, the famous show was invite them up, which I think a lot of 
fans know about was Eugene Merman, I think was one of the people who ran that. <laughs> I'd go down and do these shows and I would just eat it and I'd be in terror um, and feel awful about myself afterwards. Joe Mandy hates when I tell this story, but I really love it. The first time I ever did stand up was on a show he hosted with Noah Garfinkel and Joe was a friend of mine. We were really tight and I got so nervous that I, I had this nervous tick where I inexplicably started putting my hand into my back pocket over and over again. And I just couldn't for some reason. And that's not a thing I do. It was just the nervousness in that moment. I kept like reaching my hand and not the one with my wallet, the empty one. I just kept kind of like going back there and digging around and it got so visibly weird that Joe got up on stage and he was hosting the show and he had to do this. Let me stress he had to address it. <laughs> and sometimes I think I tell this story and he feels like I'm throwing him under the bus. It's like, no, it would have been strange not to mention it because it was such, it was, it, it looked almost like, I, I can't even imagine, like, uh, like a compulsion. And he's just like, I don't know what he was digging around for back there, but God, I, I hope he finds it at some point because that was, <laughs> it's just, it was, it was tough, you know? And like he kind of, he, he made, did some bits about it, some jokes, but, it was really bad. And then, you know, I realized, I think the thing that saved me and allowed me to catch some, some steam as a standup was I realized, and a lot of this was actually through a story relating to my brother, the Gregulator. He entered a comedy contest in Philly with the express purpose of ruining it. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like very often people say, what's the hardest you've ever laughed? And I will say watching my brother enter a stand-up comedy contest with yes. no intention of winning. He built his own slingshot and was launching t-shirts at the crowd from, you know, it's a comedy club. They're like 36 inches from the stage. It was so, so funny. But watching that show in Philly, there were a lot of people who were good, a lot of people who were really green. And it kind of dawned on me, just because I'm good at improv, like I shouldn't be up on a stage doing shows with with. Pete Holmes and Hannibal Burris. Like I shouldn't, shouldn't be doing shows with Mulaney and, and Joe Mandy. Like the, that's what these guys do. And I'm skipping the line in a big way just because I'm good at improv, but they're different things and it's causing me panic. So I started turning down offers to do good shows and would go do open mics and shows in bars with eight people there and just kind of had to, to do, take to do proper stand up. Yeah, to kind of learn the ropes and sort of take a deep breath and go, my ego is terrified of failing because I don't have to fail at UCB, but the ego is getting in the way because it's a totally different thing. And I, I need to learn how it works first. And you're not really going to learn how to, you're not going to learn how stand up works when you're trying to match the bar, when you're like going up between Dimitri Martin and you know, Andrea Rose and like people who are really, really good and who were crushing it back then, like had to give myself the breathing room to just go be terrible. So yeah. I went and I was terrible for a long time and then it started happening. But that's one of the, that's one of the, your approach to that is something I legitimately admire because you decided that you were, if you were going to do stand up, you wanted to do it fair and square and not have it be a thing where it's like, Oh, cause look, we can all sing at karaoke a little bit. Everybody, I wouldn't go call myself a singer. Like I would not go promoting myself as a singer 
uh, to go get actual singing jobs. I have seen you sing. I've done karaoke with you, and you're very good and soulful. Well, but but that's sweet of you to say. But it's, but it's also in the context of karaoke. I'm not showing up at a venue where people are paying to see a singer, and then suddenly I go up and do a thing. It's like it's it's people could go up, do stand up for a little bit, get away with it, have it be like, oh, that was funny, you did that. But you you wanted to straight up earn it, and that's something that uh, not everybody does. That thanks. Yeah. Well, you know, it's also for a UCB. Burbigley actually pointed out to me once. You know, he and I are really tight. He's like, you know, it's kind of weird with you. He's like, you think of all the talent that came out of UCB, and he's like, you're sort of the only one known for being yourself. Like, oh. Everybody Absolutely. else is an actor and a writer. And he's like, that's really weird that you, you did that. And I, I think I just kind of also realized in UCB, like, even though I understood how improv worked and I think I was good at it, like, I was never going to, you know, I, I was up there with Bobby Moynihan every weekend. Like, he's the funniest person in the world. And I grew up and, you know, I'm, I, like going on stage with Horatio, it, it's like, mm-hmm. I can keep up. I can learn how to pass him the ball, but. It's not ultimately what I do is the same thing as those guys. And when I grew up, I was like, I watched Saturday Night Live, but I was much more obsessed with stand up. I was mm-hmm. much more obsessed with stand up. Like loved kids in the hall and, and SNL and, but, but the real love was watching all the stand up shows. And, sure, and, sure. And, uh, I, I knew when I got into it, like it wasn't a means to an end. I wasn't trying to strategize to be like, how can I, how can I, you know, set myself apart and have more appeal to the industry. Like it, I just really, I always truly loved it. So I mm-hmm. wanted to do it right. Well, because for a lot of people, stand up is a means to simply performing and they just want to perform. They would act, they would do stand up, they would do improv. They just want to get in front of people and that's fair. And that's a part of growing as a performer and an artist. You want to just start trying stuff, but, but it doesn't mean there's a difference between that. There's a difference between that and picking a picking stand up and saying, this is going to be this. I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to take my lumps and we'll see how far I can go with this. And you have worked yourself to where you actually perform at places that are, that do not, do not entertain the tourists and the, the people that dip a toe into, into stand up, but live somewhere else. Um, like you, you were, where do you perform in New York a lot? The cellar? I, it's, it's funny cause I, you know, I think I'm much more of a Brooklyn scene stir. Like I think I have a lot of respect in that world and, you know, the places like Union Hall, Union Hall, I sort of consider my home venue at this point when I'm working stuff out and Littlefield and the Bell House, like those are my homes, but, the comics I loved best coming up were the people who I'd see them, you know, I'd see them at UCB early in the night and then they'd be like, yeah, now we're, I got to run uptown and do a set at Caroline's and then I'm jumping out to Brooklyn to do something that NPR is a part of. And then I'm going to end my night at the cellar. So I looked at those people and I was like, that's what I want. That's what I respect the most. The people who can walk into any room and do what they do. So it never really made sense. The idea of someone with my style going up at the cellar, like I do much more like 
storytelling and you got to focus on it. It's not really like joke telling, but I always had it in my gut of like, that's the place, that's the place that has an extremely high bar set and really is not a place that anyone would think makes sense for me. So it kind of felt like if I wanted to accomplish this goal of, well, that's all it would take for, for you is to just be like, wait, this place, this doesn't make sense. Let's, let's go for it. Yeah, for and sure. That's, and was, that, that's that fearlessness that you've yeah. kind of got that goes hand in hand with the other stuff. Well, that's also the Jersey thing in us too. Like you were talking about the chip on the shoulder before, but there's another side of it that's like, what's the hardest thing I can do? What's the yeah. thing that's going to make me feel bad about myself? Like, mm-hmm. can I just, can I just opt into doing a thing over and over again that feels hopeless and just keep getting back up? Like that's mm-hmm. another part of the Jersey thing too, of like, what's going to punch me in the face because getting up is the the good part. And yeah, yeah it's really scary to go up at the cellar and you know, it, it's, it's, it, I, I don't know about you. Are you getting so tired of how divisive comedy seems to be? Like, why is comedy the flashpoint for so much? Like, think pieces and I don't know. Cause I think everybody, everybody likes comedy. Yeah. I guess that's that's, true. It it truly speaks to everybody. It's just as you could say, if you're talking about movies, some people like horror movies, some people like documentaries, they like this and that, but comedy moves you in one very specific way. And, it's something that moves humans in a very specific way. And I think everybody's always going to have some connection to laughing and, and feel like they know that they want a connection to what can make them laugh because it's just, it's a part of the human experience right from the get go whether, whether it's a baby laughing and it's just, it, it's, it's in you. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. It makes sense. It's a, I think part of where I'm at in my head now and part of what I think the special is kind of like underlying is underlining is like kind of want to build my own infrastructure again because I, I actually really love the cellar. I love going up there. It's a great room and you know, you have to be good because everybody else mm-hmm. is good, but you know, there's so much divisiveness surrounding it and all this stuff with Louis CK. And that was, it was just so hard to know how to even react to that, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, you can just, with those things, cause it's, it's such a, it's, it's got such a weird gunslinger, uh, uh, approach that it's not a team sport. And not at all. I just feel like it's, it just create, it just, that just draws in every type. And some of the people are, there's going to be people who are the nicest person you ever met. And there's going to be some truly busted people. And it being funny and being a good person are not. Uh, they do not necessarily go hand in hand. Oh, and that's, no. that's, that is a well proven thing. And, uh, yeah, but as, again, that's also the easy thing would have been if you stayed on, on your side of the street as an alternative person and didn't try to go into the kind of into the, 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 the hornet's nest and just play to people who don't know who you are. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just really a goal. I just, I just also want to know that I can do what I do anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's not conditional. And 
it's funny. You said that comedy is not a team sport. Like the past year or so, we haven't even, I, I think maybe we've talked a little bit about this, like in our, in our, in our friendship off the air, but I've actually done a lot of soul searching where I'm like, Oh, it's not, not only is it not a team sport, like, like there's, there's people in my life who I've worked with for years who I was really close with who I just like never hear from or who like have kind of like thrown me under the bus and where I'm going or, or even some people I've never met in my life who have like mm-hmm. taken pot shots at me where I'm going, not only is it not a team sport, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like a predatory food chain. Like I always thought hard. I was a community yeah. guy and. I've talked a lot about it with my shrink because it put me in my head pretty deeply. It was messing me up. And my shrink actually said something that I thought was really wise. She's quoting a book. Um, I believe it was The Art of Loving by Eric Fromm. But she said, you know, you have to keep in mind that you'll love this, Tom. I think you'll love mm-hmm. this. She goes, the only relationship in life that is not transactional is mother and child. And I was like, whoa. She's okay, like that, wow. that, that's the only relationship that's built in. Every other friendship you have is a transaction. She's like, even your relationship with your own son, like biologically, he is built to want to please you, to keep you around because you're a hunter gatherer. And even that's transactional. You're mm-hmm. trying to get yourselves to like each other. So she's like, this idea of friends, she's like, this, she, cause I've been with her for 14 years now. She's like, I've heard you talk about like, comedy friends for a long time and those do not sound like real relationships and it's taken me all this time to realize it but i'm like man it's not only is it not a team sport it's like it's like imagine if after if after the after hole 18 the golfers started hitting each other over the head with clubs like that's comedy you know Mm -hmm. no and then if you also just found out it's like i think this one golfer is evil like, yeah, I, I think <laughs> that like, dude is legitimately a bad person. Yeah, like we all, it would be like golf if everybody was like shooting their shots, pretending to smile when other people had good shots, <laughs> uh-huh. seething just off camera that they didn't have the good shot. Yeah, and then when the person turns their back after the game, after the match is over, they get brained with a. Uh, <laughs> A golf club, and then yeah. one of the golfers starts masturbating in front of uh, other yeah. people. Like, and that's, then you get told, yes, and then you get told, like, then they just talk about West Coast golfers and how West Coast golfers don't don't get it and well, are soft. And and they t- they keep telling you there's so many more opportunities to golf in on the West Coast, though. Like, hey, like, <laughs> the the New York courses are probably a little more competitive, but there's a mm-hmm. lot more courses in L.A. Mm-hmm. And the weather, you never get rained out in L.A. It only rains like two days a year in L.A. And New York is going to be cold, and the courses are really crowded, and really there's only SNL. That's really the only, I mean, uh, that's not the only job you can get. But in L.A., there's so many things. Like, that's, who knew that golf and comedy had such strong analogies to each other? I had no idea until right now, Chris. We're 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 breaking down barriers and change, we're de- redefining the parameters of comedy and golf at the same time. Yet another code you and I have cracked. Yet another. <laughs> now, now this half my life is. First of all, it comes out. You said June first. Yeah, June. It's a uh, June first is the special starts streaming, and then June fourth the album starts streaming. So. It'll be out there. I hope people check mm-hmm. it out. 
And what, and it's basically following you around as you do some, some touring on the East Coast and really kind of showing, it's kind of capturing where you are at a particular point in your life and your career. Yeah. Is that a yeah. fair way to put it? It is. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot of stand up that I've been working. Some of those jokes I've been working on for seven or eight years. And the bulk of the material is, you know, jokes and stories, but, in between, I put a lot of footage of what's it like to be in a city where you don't know anybody and you're just killing time with the guy who goes on the road with you. Like, what's it like to be about to turn 40 and a dad and you're sitting in traffic trying to get to a show in Detroit and wondering, like, why, why do I still do this? Like, this is, I have a whole other life and just kind of wanted to show what it was really like and, and, you know, most specials, it's like a real fancy venue and, and real nice clothes and expensive sneakers. And that's great. And, you know, the, the one I did on HBO was that, but I felt like it was cool to maybe show off the reality a little bit that like I've had my own TV show and an HBO special. And sometimes I still sleep on a couch in Buffalo and that's just true. And also there's like a lot of moments where things get really chaotic. And, uh, I love when that happens on stage and. I don't think I'd be able to show that off in a traditional special. Like we got a show in Baltimore with it where a girl got on stage and started like wrestling me and really hurt me. And there's sort of a few things like that where it's just sometimes chaos erupts and I like that. So I'm able to show it off this way. No, it was really, it was really funny and really interesting to see um just you kind of living your life as a, human and as a father husband and also trying to tell your story as a performer and uh and have that career it's a it's really good and it's really sweet and it's very funny and where can where is it going to just be streaming where is it going to be streaming it's one of these deals that it's this distribution company i get up a bunch of places so it'll you can get it through itunes and amazon and and, uh, it'll, you can buy it through YouTube and Peacock, I believe. And then my favorite though is, uh, it's on a bunch of those platforms that are just on your Roku and Apple TV that you never really open. So I've been telling everybody, let's just support Tubi. Let's go get it on Tubi because that's <laughs> uh-huh. one that we all have and don't really trifle with. So let's yeah. step up for Tubi. Yeah. And, like uh, how, isn't it funny that like, it's like, Oh, to, Oh, poor Tubi. You keep trying. And like Tubi is like Fox. It's like, is it, is like, it owned by Fox? I, I think it might be, or it just seems like, oh, keep swinging Tubi. You'll get there. And I it's would like, love to be the biggest comedian on Tubi. Imagine if I uh-huh. just bust out on Tubi and it turns out Tubi has this like, like silent mass of, of hardcore followers that have just been looking for somebody to mm-hmm. carry the Tubi b- banner. Well, I'm that pretty- guy. I'm Chris Tubi is an American ad supported streaming service owned by the Fox Corporation. <laughs> yes. So you, yes, you, that's the exact underdog that I feel like gets me. Yes. There you go. You and the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just, I'll stop plugging Tubi so much. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's really great. And, um, the other thing I want to ask you about is, uh, speaking of team sports, we mentioned. Yeah. What was it like? The Knicks are back in the playoffs for the first time in 800 years. They're back, man. I watched that game 
You tell me if you had a similar reaction. And it's going to make me, I know people are going to goof on me now, but I don't care at this point. I watch that game. It has been 20 years since I've heard Madison Square Garden sound that excited. And when people started, when they were down in the first, they played the worst first quarter you could humanly play. And they lost by two playing so badly, they're going to win. Hawks did everything. The Hawks played 100% effectiveness. Knicks were at maybe 70%. And they lost by two. I hope so. I'm in a weird spot because I'm so excited. But I also can't pretend that I've been watching the Knicks consistently uh, over the past couple of seasons because it's it's just, it's been, it's been miserable. It's been actually miserable, miserable, actually depressing. And I, I became, uh, I, I sort of walked away and I got really into college ball. I really, really hard for the Seton Hall Pirates, which, you know, I think that the the Jersey people are going to love that about me, but all of a sudden the Knicks got good again this year. I'm like, man, I gotta, how do I get back in without being a total poser? So I want to. You're not a, you can't, you can't be a total poser. You, there's a point where you're allowed to go. I kind of don't have room for this right now in my life. I've walked the walk with this team like nobody's (laughs) business. They've got to show me something for me to hand my heart back over to them again. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was one of the many people who thought the, uh, Tom Thibodeau hire was just the next disaster. Um, I thought I was like, this guy just drives his players into the ground and their oh. knees get blown out and they all have mm-hmm. to, re- you know, you look at like, Oh, he's doing that right now to these guys. <laughs> he's still doing that. All of a sudden it's exciting, man. And then Derek Rose coming back with him. It's like, it's a great story, you know? Yeah. Well, when they played and I heard the garden going nuts, I got all choked up. I couldn't help it. I felt all my youthful memories flooding back. So that's what it's like when all those people scream defense at the same time. Yeah. It was very powerful. Do you, do you remember any games you were at where the garden just kind of, where you had your garden moments? Oh my God. I saw, I was at a couple Knicks heat playoff games because oh, I was writing for, I was writing for basketball magazines at that point. And it's the loudest thing I've ever heard. Like you could feel. You actually wondered if the thing, the building was going to collapse because it was vibrating. I once went to a, uh, a regular season game. This must have been like 97 or 98. And it was the, the Knicks versus the Jazz. And it went, I think to multiple overtimes. And by the end, it was just, it was like, Really, really crazy. But the, the ultimate garden moment I had wasn't even the Knicks. I got tickets to a UFC event there and, and I've always enjoyed, you know, I used to watch this insane mixed martial arts league called Pride from Japan back, back okay. in the day. And that was, you would actually love it because they have like, it's Japan. So they don't care about weight classes. Everybody's using steroids. No one cares. It's like they'll have a 400 pound sumo wrestler fight a five foot six man. Like it was nuts. And I loved it. Um, but I scored these tickets to an event where, uh, Rose Nami Yunus upset, uh, Joanna Jerksik, I think is how you say her last name and knocked her out. And she's this like little girl and, and, seeing a fight seeing an upset happen in a fight at madison square garden you go oh yeah right this was a this was a boxing arena like that's why 
that's why every seat has such a good view. And that's why it feels like you're crammed on top of each other. And mm-hmm. that was nuts. I thought, I thought the jumbo chum was going to fall off the roof that night. Wow. Yeah. No, when it, when that place gets rolling, it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. Um, and it's exciting and we'll see what happens. I've, I have a good feeling. And look, if nothing happens, I don't care. This is all gravy. It's all gravy this year. And who's like, how many people, how many free agents do they have? Like, is everybody going to go make their money after this? Or is this team going to hold together? I think this team's going to hold together. I mean, Randall says he wants to retire as a Nick and it's just like, great, let's keep going. And they got a lot of cap space. They're in a good place. It's finally a good place. They got draft picks and they got cap space. But is, is, uh, is James Dolan going to step in and like trade all of that stuff for 2021 era Chris Paul actually, or something? I think he's actually, I think he's actually the famous last words, but it's just like, I think he kind of is focusing more on the Rangers right now because oh, that's, yeah. a, that's not a good scene. I, yeah. I, I heard, I heard that he just kind of has been, I watched that game. It made me laugh so hard. The game where just everyone started fighting instantly that was really fun <laughs> that was really i can't claim i'm a hockey fan but that footage was great no it's it's always uh, yeah hockey they don't want so much fighting anytime look i like any kind of kerfuffle in any kind of sport i always like all of it um it's always fun i look one of the highlights of my life was i went to a yankee game as a kid and ricky henderson was playing and there was a rain delay so the players were kind of stuck out on the field for for like 10 minutes waiting for it to stop and some fan in, in the crowd was yelling like hey ricky you bum you bum and then he had his glove on so then he started you just saw poking over the glove his middle finger like he just <laughs> from behind it it was the most <laughs> subtle thing i've ever seen he was flipping the guy off from behind his glove to a point where it it's like now that would have been a thing because somebody because everybody would have filmed it it would have been a thing then it was just like yeah hey if you didn't see it you missed it ricky henderson flipped that dude off from behind his mitt i love um, it man i also love that ricky henderson refused to stop playing baseball and was eventually playing for the nork bears when they were around which was like i don't even know if they were a triple a team he was playing in the minors mm-hmm well into his forties. Like he, yeah. it, it was, there was something very weird about it, but also something we were like, Oh, this guy lo- just, he just loves baseball more than anybody else ever has. He just he wants just, to keep playing baseball. Yeah. And he just doesn't maybe know where else to go. He's what he's known his whole life. So he just keeps staying what, with what he knows. It's kind of beautiful in a, in a, in a way. If he's, if he was having a good time with it, if he wasn't just like, Oh my God, I lost all my money and I got to play for the Nork Bears to, yeah. to a thing like that would be not so fun. Now, but if he was a guest, a, you got to get Pat Byrne and Dudio checking now Ricky Henderson. Yeah, that thank would you. be a get. That thank would you, be a Chris. get. Where's Ricky? Get me Ricky Henderson. That seems doable. That actually seems doable if those guys put their heads together and get to work. Chris, from your lips to whatever that saying is to God's ears. We'll see. We'll see if they get me Ricky Henderson. I'm not exactly going to hold my breath for Ricky Henderson. 
Now, let me just ask you one other thing before we, we wind things up here. I want to ask you, you know, we've been working on this snack list. This, yeah. uh, yeah. Top 50 snacks of all time. And I, I, you told me you have a couple, uh, a couple, a couple radical stands you want to take. Well, I'm, see, I'm not sure exactly how this bit has been evolving in terms of is it, is it how much does like mainstream mass consumption and acceptance count? Because there's two snacks I want to go to bat for. Okay. One is a type of candy. It's very hard to find. It's called the cherry mash. It's made in Missouri. You can sometimes find it in vintage candy stores, but not always. And it, it it's all, it's very good. It, it, it's almost like a York peppermint patty, but cherry flavored in the middle. My wife loves them. She got me addicted to them. Those are great. Those are a great thing. And it's okay. old school and the packaging is like old school Americana. And then Tom, I'm going to throw a real monkey wrench out here. Okay. I would be shocked if this one has come up so far. But Hallie has started buying these things called by the lesser evil brand of, of snacks who I'd mm-hmm. never heard of. Okay. And they're Himalayan pink salt paleo puffs. Oh, those are good. I've, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've You've had, had those. Yes. I'm I a, have. I can't have them in the house. I consume every single one. I open the bag. I eat the whole bag. They're so good. They're like Cheetos, but they taste like coconut oil and salt instead of cheese. It, it they're insane. I think people are going to find out about this and they're going to become the next, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to be up there with Lay's potato chips and cheese. It's and bugles. They're going to become one of the classics. Well, I'm saying right now, 44 on the list. I think that's fair. I, th- I think, I think if you revisit this in a few years, Mm-hmm. They might have a chance to catch on more and move up the list, but I, I think that's solid. I think that's a solid place for Himalayan pink yeah. salt paleo puffs. Yeah, no, those are good. I've had those. Those are, yeah, that's good stuff. They're kind of insane. They're going to find out something. That's the thing. They're going to find out there's some weird ingredient that becomes illegal because they're that addictive. Oh yeah. Look, everybody, everybody all caught up on the beyond meat and stuff. It's just like that will not end well. Everyone. That I will not end time. well. I, mean, I, I love it. it. I love nothing more than that. It <laughs> will not end well because if you just have been alive long enough, you start to realize this can't work like this and it's have, also, and not have some other weird shoe about to drop on your organ, internal organs. I think about it a lot because diet soda, they're managing to get diet soda to taste better and better with each passing year. And yet it never has a calorie in it. Yeah. And that, that doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. So I'll probably drop dead because I drink it every day, but. No, I look, I, I, I'm with you. I'm right there with you, Chris, where you, it's all, it's all playing with fire. But if something tastes too good to be true, it probably is. You're paying that you're getting it. You're paying on one end or the other. I will routinely wash down beyond meat with diet soda. Well, that's like the new Pop Rocks. That's like the new Pop Rocks and Soda Beyond Meat. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chris, we have. Oh, the other thing I want to, you know, it's also awesome is that your the special was directed by our mutual friend Kate Sweeney. Yes, yes, I'm so glad you mentioned that. 
one of the things I'm most proud of is I took a big chance and I self-funded this thing. And because of that, I was able to do it my way. I knew nobody was, nobody was going to want to let me do this doc footage. If I, they did, they were going to want to like produce it and make it all sort of engineered. I said, let me just do it my way. So I self-funded it. I managed, you'll, you, you'll be proud of me with this one. I was able to get someone to distribute it and they gave me enough money that after my manager and agents commissions, I'm only losing like two or three grand, which is a victory. There's the, that's the spirit. And I understand that spirit very well. Very well. I know you do. <laughs> and because of that though, I'm able, you know, I was able to film it at venues that I actually play in love. Like nobody had to go in and scout them and say the sight lines aren't great for this. I'm like, that's not the point. I was able to, you know, Kate Sweeney, who's directed some great music videos and mm-hmm. was a producer on the Gethard show, a segment producer. I was able to just say like, you and I link up and I like the things you've made. And I don't think either one of us has made something like this, but I just have a feeling you and I figuring it out will be better than some, you know, some network trying to attach somebody I barely know on it. Yeah. It's just going to make it cookie cutter. So it really is from the heart. And a lot of it is modeled on, um, you know, like the music documentaries I watched growing up, especially there was this one called another state of mind that I saw when I was a kid and it, it follows, um, like youth brigade and social distortion and minor threat gets involved. And in many ways, if you've seen another state of mind, this is me going, I loved that movie when I was 14 Mm -hmm. and it showed me how music really works. And I want to make a version of it now. That's like the comedy version, even though those kids were all like idealistic and 19 years old and Mm -hmm. mine, a lot of it is about turning 40 and wondering if anyone cares anymore, but still the point stands. No, the point stands. You Kate's did the it best and she did a great job and she's cool and we have a soundtrack and the music's cool. And, and a lot of the artists on it are local Jersey people. The theme song mm-hmm. is this band spouter. That's great, but it's not like a huge band. It's just like killing it. And then, you know, jawbreaker gave me a song. So it's like, I got a soundtrack that ranges from this band from Morris County called spouter all the way up to jawbreaker. Wow. Helping yeah, yeah. me out and giving me a song. So I'm just, I'm proud of a lot of the ethics behind it. And I'm just praying people check it out. Um, because I, I, you know, and if not, that's no, they're gonna, they're gonna, people are gonna, fine. people are gonna hey, check it out. Hey, it's available for pre-order on iTunes right now. Tom, they right could now, click, people, they could click right now if they find right like now, it. Right now, after they buy my book, they go get your special. <laughs> no, but that just like, <laughs> it's, um, no, but it, seriously, it's great. I thought it was sweet and I thought it really captured, it captured your comedy and your life. Uh, and you should be truly proud of it. And I hope people check it out because it, it, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's really awesome. You did something special with, uh, you did something special with a platform that not everybody would do something with. So, um, I tip my hat to you once again, Chris. I am. I am in admiration of what you have accomplished. Well, you know, I feel the same way about you and, uh, that, that has never wavered. Not no. once. No, me, same with me. And look, being your friend is a, a special thing. So I appreciate it. It's a good time there. There's, you are one of a small inner circle of people who I don't view as a snake or rat in oh, the comedy world. So I'm not a snake or a rat. That's that, no, you don't know. That is maybe one of the nicest things anyone's ever said. To me. I tell you from where I've been at the past year or so, mm-hmm. 
just calling someone one of those things is actually a compliment. So to yeah. be neither, you're in rare, rare air up there. Mm-hmm. To just say it's like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, you're, you're a rat, but you're just a rat. And they'd That's, go, cool. Thanks, that, man. That from me these days is high praise. <laughs> you're just someone who would stab me in the back. You're, yeah. You would only stab me in the back professionally. You probably wouldn't also try to steal my wife. You're only a snake. <laughs> you're not, you're not a rat. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's so funny. Well, Chris, I love it. And, uh, I can't wait for everybody to check the special out too. And also, what's the final final plug is for a year you for the the new network? Oh, for what? New Jersey is the world. Or yeah, planets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at look at the the network. So they're talking to Rupert Murdoch here. Well, we got the, the network plan- shown. Planet Scum, which mm-hmm. is still up and running, and you've been known to me. Rumor has it. I don't know if it's someone just claiming That's, to it be. Might you, but- be me. Might not be me. Every no. once in a while, there's rumors you're, you're flirting at the edges of that. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, I moved back to Jersey and realized that some of my high school friends are, are actually some of the funniest people I've ever met. And in the, in the pandemic need for things to do, we all linked up and started making podcasts about it in New Jersey. And it, it's been quite fun and, and real, you know, just some of the stories these guys have, it's just, they're, they're not comedians. They're just like real dudes who grew up with me in, in West Orange and went to Rutgers. And the stories are stories that we all have together. You look back, you're like, man, I'm kind of shocked that we're all alive. Alive. Yeah. And walking free. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it really is. The, the, I don't know about you. It's like the older I get, the more I look back at where we were raised. And mm-hmm. when we were raised and I'm like, everything was about like being tough and being told that men dressed as clowns were going to kidnap you and, and have their way with you sexually. <laughs> and anything that if anybody ever handed you a Mickey Mouse sticker, it was laced with LSD and every apple at Halloween had a razor in it. And mm-hmm. also if, if, if any kid, if you ever see someone in a Bloomfield, varsity jacket they're probably going to beat you within an inch of your life so watch your mouth but if you see someone from livingston make fun of them because they're weak it's like mm-hmm. what was this place that we grew up like what it yes no it was very on? strange and it is that version of of new jersey is i think gone and it's a good thing but you i know, like ultimately. i like being this i like reliving it Mm-hmm, now that sure. it feels, now that it feels like my son doesn't have to grow up in a violent pressure cooker where everyone, anytime you go to a diner after 11 p.m., you have to wonder if a fight will break out. Like now that he's not growing up with that, it's, it's really fun to talk about. And we've, we've blown it out to a project where, um, we also have a show that's like reviewing all different New Jersey food institutions and, all sorts of things where people can leave voicemails and get on the different shows. And again, mm-hmm. it's like, just like I said, I loved working with Kate Sweeney on the, on the, on the half of my life special. And this is just friends too. And even the producer and engineer is one of my oldest friends in the world, Carson cop, who um, he was like one of the other kids I went to high school with who liked music. And he's a sound engineer. Now he did sound forever at Maxwell's. Like he's just another person who I trust and love. And, and those are the people I need to be working with right now. Love Carson. 
Oh, he's the best, and, right? And Kate. I love the, both of them so much. I just work, I, really, I just work with people that Pat loves. That's my goal. That's the way to do it. Now, Pat, uh, if Pat likes them, I like them. Cause Pat's we got a Mike Kroll on the soundtrack too. Another. Oh, that's another, great. There you go. Yeah. Mike Kroll, Jawbreaker, Jeff Rosenstein. We got some good people on there. You're flying the flag. I can't wait. Yeah. Mostly if Pat Byrne likes a person, I want to work with that person. That's the way that I trust that also. Pat Byrne approved. Yeah, you get that stamp. All right, buddy. Thanks for thanks for checking in and telling us all about everything. And you keep doing what you're doing. And uh, you you always always uh, always my guy, Chris Gethard. Likewise. Thanks for having me and let me plug my dumb stuff once again. All right. Well, we'll talk real soon. Please. All right. You take care. I'll talk to you, you soon. Too. Take care. Ah, right, back. There you go. That's nice. Geth. He's doing it. Like that, Pat? Yeah, I almost um, interjected because he reminded me with that diner 11 p.m. thing that I remembered this even just a week ago because someone was talking to me about the Pilgrim Diner in Verona, New Jersey. It was in Verona, New Jersey on the border of Cedar Grove on Route 23. And when they reopened it, I forgot all about this, but somebody reminded me of it recently. When they reopened and it was, sure enough, after 11 p.m., I was maybe late high school, early college, I don't know, but I went there with some people to check out the food, and I was looking around at other people's plates because I didn't, the menu had changed, and I didn't know what any of the dishes were. I just wanted to see, like, what looked good, so I'm, like, kind of, like, trying to glance at other people's tables, and I was doing that, and then I, I looked up, and this drunk guy was just staring at me, mm-hmm. just glaring at me. And then I was like, my eyes went right back to our, to our table, just like pretending like it didn't happen. But this guy at that point was trying to lunge over the like two tables to get to me swinging mm-hmm. just because I made I just because I connected eye contact. He's swinging at me mm-hmm. and, then, and like. And, and, and my friends have no idea what's going on, but like, there are now busboys and, um, his slightly more sober friends. They're trying to stop it all. Mm-hmm. And like, just before this guy gets within swinging reach of me, um, this giant cook or someone who worked there grabbed the guy and pulled him out. And he mm-hmm. was, he was ejected from the diner, but mm-hmm. whew, I, I totally forgot about that, but yeah, that was sure enough after the 11 o'clock hour. I don't know what it is about that time, but man. I remember seeing one time a fight in a New Jersey diner. I was sitting there, uh, here's a big, uh, it was at night, big shocker by myself. Um, I was eating and it was probably around midnight, one, I don't know. Um, I remember people in the back started getting into it. And then I saw this one guy. He saw the fight go down. He ran from one end of the diner and he had a satin jacket on for like a karate studio. And okay. <laughs> he was looking so hard to get to just do his karate on everyone. And, but it brought, it like got, like, like, it's like as most fights are usually people just grappling with each other and kind of like 
lunging to the left, lunging to the right, and nobody actually is like landing blows. So this guy was looking for a fight. He was picking a fight almost. No, Pat, let me just ask you a question. Just between you and me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was it Mike? <laughs> I was too young to know. Oh. I don't think it was Mike. I think he, he okay. this guy had short, dark hair, but it was, um, for looking at his food and then looking mm-hmm. up at him, this guy wanted to murder me. Murder! Mm-hmm. Was the guy yelling anything about a shrimp connect? No, thank God. Which which diner was this? Pilgrim twenty three. Uh, yeah, bo- I've never bo- been there. Border of Cedar Grove in Verona. Yeah, no, it no. was, and it's long. My closed. stopping grounds. Yeah, it was long closed. I think I was talking to my kid sister, and she mentioned something about the Pilgrim Diner and how they had closed a few years ago. And then, like, just the the, the first images, the first flashback, just going right back to my brain is like this guy. Just for looking at its food and then him. He wanted mm-hmm. to murder me. My sister uh, worked in a diner and I'd go with my mother every once in a while to pick her up. And it was, you know, it was a night shift. And she would be in tears every night <laughs> just for what she had to endure working there. Yeah, it's pretty grueling. Isn't that ridiculous? The I mean, strain I've, that people put on, on you. Yeah. In situations. Well, yeah, I think, I think sober women working in a diner and then having to mix with the overflow from the bars, it's just, it's just a horrible mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but saying that, you know, the Bayonne diner I've gone to, I've never seen any trouble in there. Um, and I'm always in there real late. Um, You're talking about Broadway Diner on Broadway in Bayonne. Yeah, yeah. Near the border of Jersey City. Yeah. And and at times, you know, when I first started going there, they used to have a police officer posted there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying nothing ever went down there. Right. Uh, they must have uh, had to do that at one point. But uh, he's not there anymore. And I've, you know, I've never seen anything happen in there. Uh, and it's busy, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. they get a, they get a crowd in there. The Broadway diner is known for the world's best pancake sign. <laughs> yeah. They have the world's yeah. best pancake <laughs> sign. It's a neon sign. sign. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it says world's best pancakes. Let me ask you, Mike, you ever go to a diner, you get a, uh, you ask for a corn muffin and then they put it on a grill? Oh, that's the best. Yeah. I mean, that's not my thing. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't have anything against corn muffins, but, uh, yeah, hot one's a good one, good, uh, Pat gets good way it, to go. Pat I get it. I, I get, like, no, I like get it. it. Blueberry. Yeah, but it's not your thing, but it is Pat's thing. Yeah. Cranberry <laughs> okay. or blueberry muffin for me, but yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. What about you, Dudio? You like a corn muffin on the grill? Yeah, I like a corn muffin, but I probably, if I'm going to do a muffin, I'm going to do a blueberry muffin. A more really of a, hot though. Gooey. Gooey. And a nut. A gooey, no, but see, that's different. You, you're looking for something fresh out of the uh, bake, fresh, just getting baked. Fresh baked, yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, you go get a, a, a pre, an ex, already existing corn muffin. They baked this thing hours ago. You're, and then they, they take it at the diner. They throw that thing on the grill. Get some nice griddle marks on that thing. Top five, you thinking? 
You put butter on it? Yeah, of course you put butter on it. You, you think, you think, you think in top 10? Can you believe this guy, Pat? You put butter on it? Maybe you're being healthy. You believe this guy? Butter's on the cholesterol. Mike, you believe this guy? No, no, I don't believe you him. You put butter <laughs> butter's <laughs> on the grill. <laughs> like, that, that's where the show me. turns now. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, be kidding me with this guy. You believe this guy? You put butter on it. Oh, oh no, no, you don't put butter on it. You eat it dry. Of course you put butter on it. Um, corn no, muffin, top corn 10. Corn muffin on a grill, number 10. <laughs> corn move. muffin with grill marks, number 10. Corn, buttered corn muffin with grill marks. That might move up, too. That one might move up. <laughs> Dude, you, you got to admit one thing. Were you and be completely honest. Yeah. You were a little irked when that kid... Said Cool Ranch Doritos, and then I moved it up ten notches. I was a little worked. A child said it. <laughs> I was a little worked. I will admit it. Yeah, no, you got me well, on that's that. That's why then, I did it. I was, but, but then I was happy that this this child was able to uh, get it bumped up ten. So it ended up where it was supposed to end up. Yeah, yeah, it it, uh, it got higher than uh, chocolate covered almonds. Yeah, which is really all I was looking for. Yeah. How many calls we got, Pat? We have full phones, but I have two in particular that I think we need to get to soon. Let's do them. Let's do them right now. We're going to go four and then the next one. Best show, hi. Hi, this is Walter in Mexico City. Walter in Mexico City. What's up, Walter? Hey, I have a few for the topic if there's still time. No, there is for you, Walter, of course. Oh, thanks, Tom. So um, I thought I would expand the international borders of the discussion and suggest one that, like many snacks, when we crave them in moments of weakness, be that a low blood sugar moment of hunger or a moment of depression or heartbreak, um, when inebriated in Canada, poutine is one of the greatest snacks one can enjoy. Yeah, this is not a list of, uh, this might be on the top, if it was, if we were doing the top 50 sop up that booze list, you'd have a case with your poutine. First of all, I don't, I don't think poutine's a snack necessarily. I know, but it didn't feel like a meal when I was thinking about it. Well, it's a con, it's a, it could be, a, it could be an accessory to a meal. It was a side dish. And would disco fries then, a New Jersey treat, fall in the same disqualifier? No, it's, it's, uh, disco fries are going to be nowhere near this list. <laughs> disco fries. Can you believe this guy? Can you believe this guy? Disco fries. Jason, can you believe this guy? I can't believe this guy. <laughs> what if that um, becomes a new thing on the this show? Is a new thing. Oh, no. I don't think I want to do the show anymore. <laughs> Well, guess what? Why? It is the new thing on the show now, and that's going to run. That's going to have legs. Now, disco fries ain't on the list. Poutine ain't on Very the well. list. Very well. Or as we call them down here, Canadian disco fries. Okay. Anything else? Well, uh, yeah, I have. Um, there is uh, something called the gomi chela here, where which is like a, a tamarind. Treat and there are a lot of like tamarind. Oh, snacks. Tamarind? No, 
No. Candies. Okay. Can't. Okay, I can't. Look, tamarind might be the greatest flavor of all. It can't go on the top 50 list. Very well. Well, uh, have a great night, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. You too, Walter. I, I do appreciate the call, Walter. Thank you. Ciao. Okay, bye. Next call, please. Did I do that? Remember that? That was fun. Best show, hi. Hi, Tom. Hi. Oh, I know who this is right off the bat. This is a legend. A legend. Michelle Oreo, the Oreo aficionado. It's me. How are you, Michelle? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, last week we did the list, and chocolate-covered Oreos ended up at 42 on the list. That's pretty fair. Did the, I forget, I like, I did hear the call. Did she say it was, it was white chocolate fudge Oreos? Or she was saying chocolate? white chocolate, but I was just saying, let's just say chocolate-covered Oreos. Fair enough. I am partial to the white fudge ones, though. I think they, mm-hmm. they're better balanced, but okay. generally speaking, 42 mm-hmm. is fine. I think that's a good spot. Good. Well, uh, and wh- what's going on in the Oreo community? Because for people who don't know, Michelle is an Oreo, quite the Oreo aficionado. She's uh, in with the Oreo community. She knows the the upcoming the upcoming flavors. What's up with Oreos? Well, I know it's been a while since I've given you an update, so I'll just do a I'll do a little roundup for you um, right off the bat. Morios are back for the summer. Um, that's the big news right now. And that's I one of your favorites. Am, yes, I'm certainly excited. I'm in the process of um, harvesting all the Morios that I can get my little hands on. Um, harvesting, you realize these things? You they are, they're not seeds. To me, they, I I take them, I put them away, and I let them. Um, ferment, if you will, um, until I'm sure that they'll be back for another season, because you never know with them. They mm-hmm. go away, sure, they come sure. back, you gotta... Fair enough, fair you gotta, enough. You gotta get them while you can. Um, okay. So, yes, first, Oreos are back. Second, um, I would like to talk about the Lady Gaga Oreos that I think are no longer on the shelves. I do have um, several packages of them. They were, if you missed it, um, the Lady Gaga Oreos were a collaboration with Oreo and Lady Gaga, of course, and mm-hmm. they were a golden Oreo cookie um, that was colored pink, and it had green cream in the middle. And to me, I thought they tasted um, a little bit better than regular golden Oreos. I think they had like a like a funfetti flavor to them of sorts, but okay. they were saying they were just regular Oreos. I could never find them. I could never find them. I looked, couldn't find them. Tom, if you want a pack of Lady Gaga Oreos. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I good. Serious. I'll take your word for it. I don't need them. I don't need them. What do you make of these of NBA Oreos? I saw these at the store the other day, and apparently they're selling these Oreos that, that where the, the cookie has uh, NBA logos for various teams uh, on them. Yes, that was going to be my next talking point. The NBA Dynasty Oreos, I have seen these at a discount at 30% off in most retailers right now, which tells me they're not selling well. And after purchasing them myself, I'll tell you why. 
they do not have orange cream. Missed opportunity. They could have made them look like little basketballs if they had just put orange cream in the middle. They're just plain Oreos with, yes, like you said, they have the logos of six different basketball teams. I don't know anything about basketball. Um, I really don't know what the connection to Oreo is. But they're out there. I have them. Um, they're just regular Oreos. But I guess if you are a fan, um, you might appreciate the, the emblem, I guess, on the cookie. Mm -hmm. uh, they're very underwhelming. Missed opportunity. Because what, what am I supposed to be doing? Staring at or like, this is a Miami Heat Oreo. That's just an Oreo yeah. with a Miami Heat logo on it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I look. I'm. I can be as sad as they come when it comes to snacks. My my the sway that snacks have over me. I was in the grocery store. I had that package in my hand, and I was just like, even this is beneath me. This this feels. I'm not falling for this. So did and you put I didn't. them back? I put them back. I'm honestly really proud of you. I wish I had put them back. Um, but I have a problem, so I didn't, and now I just have them. But it's okay. Um, well, for you, it's it's some it's uh, it's uh, it's to be expected because Oreos are your thing. It's like a business expense for me at this point. I mm -hmm. just write it off. Um, it's fine. You know, you win some, you lose some. Um, so what are you hearing? What's the what's the what's the the hot goss when it comes to Oreos? It's pretty lame right now, but I will say, keep an eye. Out for uh, they're they're re-releasing the Team USA Oreos. Um, except this time, so last summer they released Team USA Oreos, which was a chocolate cookie with three layers of cream, and it's Team USA. So each layer was there was a red layer, a, a white layer, and a blue layer of cream. It was a lot of cream. Um, it was very patriotic. Fun. Very patriotic. It was for the Olympics mm. or something. The Olympics didn't happen last year. They're happening this year. So they're re-releasing. But this time, they're adding a little extra pizzazz. They are throwing the popping candies in from, um, if you remember, the firework Oreos from two summers ago. So they're doing a little combo situation here with, like, Fourth of July, Olympics, general patriotism. They're really mm -hmm. going all out. It's going to be a lot. Um they are rolling out into stores now. I have not seen them yet, but you should start to see them within two weeks or so, I would say. Okay. All right. Interesting. Very interesting. And then is there anything you're hearing rumors about that, like that's way down the road? That's where my uh, information stops. However, I did miss one. Um, I keep forgetting about this one. It was actually pretty good. Um, these are also, they were limited edition, no longer sold. Um, if you find them, though, I do suggest picking them up. The Strawberry Frosted Donut Oreo. Um, this was a fun one. It was a golden Oreo with two layers of cream. It had, like, a, I don't know, like a brown layer, and then there was, like, a pink center, which was the strawberry, and they were surprisingly accurate. They they really did taste like a frosted strawberry donut. Um, okay. It said, there was, it said there was glitter in the cream. I really didn't see much glitter. That was a disappointment on, for me. Um, mm -hmm. but flavor-wise, they, they were pretty solid. Okay, okay. And then what do you make if you heard someone go, I don't like the ones with too much cream in them? What do you think when you hear that? When you hear someone I say something like that, you think it's madness, right, when they say something like that? To a point. I mean, I would ask them, how much cream are we talking? My limit, personally, double soof. Like, any more than that, it's just, 
it's a mouthful of cream. I need a good balance. Um, but if you're just saying like one layer of cream is, is like, that's your limit, then I have some questions. I think you could. Like someone who couldn't have, someone who couldn't handle a double stuff. What would you say to that? Weak. You say it's weak, weak. right? Yeah. It's not that much. All right. A triple layer of cream, that's, that's pushing the envelope. What if there was an Oreo cookie where you open the packaging and the sleeve is just one cookie and nothing but icing? Is it is it supposed to be sold like that or is it like a defect and I got like a... No, no, it's like, supposed to be. Oh, it's... It's called the Oreo Tower. Ooh. Um, I would probably not eat it in one serving. Um mm-hmm. But I would, I would take a photo next to it and then also see how tall I am next to it. Have you ever set an Oreo on fire and then eaten it? Yes. What was that like? It was, it was okay. I did the, I, I tried using the s'mores Oreo, um, like in place of the, of the s'mores mm-hmm. and, um, it got a nice char to it. And to I date, what's the worst Oreo you've ever had? Oh God! Um, the tie between uh, chocolate-covered strawberry Oreos and um, the imported uh, wasabi Oreos. Okay. Okay. Well, Michelle, you know you're my favorite. You know that. Oh, Tom, you're my favorite. Well, I want to say to you, please, I beg of you. Tell me where, or to final thing, tell me where proper Oreos or any other Oreo should be on this list. Oh my God. Okay. Um, I'm going to, you know what, because you can, because people can experience them right now. I think Smorios deserve a place in the top 10. It might not be top 10, but I'm going to say, 20. what if Smorios were at 33. Okay, I, that's a good number for me. I like that number. 33 Smorios, please. Thank you, Michelle. You call anytime you want. You're welcome. I'd also just like to say on the topic of snacks, um, this is not Oreo adjacent, but it is snack adjacent. Um, for all the Pringles heads out there, um, for anybody interested, they are coming out with Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich flavored Pringles and I'm pretty excited about those. So those should be coming next month. Don't tell me you're leaving. You're not leaving Oreos behind though. Oh no, no, no. I do dabble though in other snacks. Um, and Lay's, I mean, I'll just give you some hot snack news real quick. Um, Lay's, the chip company is coming out with, um, a mix up. If you're not aware, they're doing, um, Lay's Funyun flavored chips, Cheetos flavored Lay's and also Doritos Cool Ranch flavored Lay's, so it's like the collab, but it's just Lay's that are that taste like other snacks. So I just thought that. Well, that sounds that sounds like the uh, those sound like true game changers. I will be trying them. I I don't know if you You can come back from those. That sounds like a Rubicon. (laughs) I mean, I've dabbled before, but I always return to to home base of Oreos. Of course. It's just it's just during the drought season when there's not much going on. I, I do have to try other snacks. Of course. I know. I get it. I get it, Michelle. All right, my friend. You have a grand okay. evening and call very soon. With any news, you just call. 
Uh, okay, I will call soon. Of course, and take take care. You gonna buy my book? Bye. You got oh, my I book? I pre-ordered it already. I pre-ordered. Okay. I put in for the book plate. I did the whole nine. Good book plate. You go to tomwroteabook.com, Get a beautiful book plate that I will sign. I'm going to start signing them. Uh, I got a huge mountain. I got to start signing book plate designed by Julia Veckerman. It's beautiful and it's up and you could go get it and check it out over at Tom wrote a book.com. You can see what it looks like and I'll post it on Instagram too. Um, yeah. Thank you, Michelle. You're welcome. I'm so excited to read your book on the beach this summer. Oh, I'm glad that's a nice, that's a nice thing for you to say. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 All right. Final calls. Final calls. What do we got, Pat? We got a few. We'll go through them real quick. Let's do it. Best show. Hi. Hello. Hi. Best show. Hey, Tom. This is Guy in Newark. How you doing? Good. Guy in Newark? Yep. What's up, guy? What's up, Tom? I have a couple for the topic, but I could keep going on Jersey top fifty diner fights if you want. Now let's go to let's stick with the top, the matter at hand. What do you got? I'm going to start with butter roll as a throw butter roll in the mix. Although y'all already discussed the buttered corn muffin, I believe. Well, I'm going to say this though, guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're just saying. A roll, like what kind of roll? Like a hard roll? Yeah, hard roll. Yeah, butter. Hard roll with butter on it. Yeah, you know you could get it at a deli or wherever they sell they have rolls. Because it's not lunch. No, you're never going to mistake a hard roll for a meal. Definitely like a buttered snack. hard yeah, roll. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely snack solidly. And you go to places, you go to like, you can go to like a, a quick check and they'll have buttered rolls just on hand. You pre-wrapped, quick, quick check has it. Um, yeah. 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 Guy. Buttered roll is at number 12. That's love to see that. It's breakfast. You've never eaten a buttered roll off breakfast hours. Never. Well, then you've got some living to do, my friend. What's the difference between a bagel with butter and a hard roll? I don't, I don't you know. Jesus, it's in the same league. Can't believe this guy. It's got a little <laughs> difference between a bagel with butter and a hard uh, roll it's with a, butter. It's in the same league. Pat, Pat, can you believe this guy? You get them in the same places. I can't believe this guy. Pat, can you believe this I guy? Know. I can't believe this guy. No, can't believe this guy. You go into a bagel joint, they got hard rolls. Wait, Mike, you go yeah, into yeah. any joint and get a buttered roll. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I'm going into this quick check. Quick check ain't going to have no bagel sitting there. They're always going to have a roll. They're always going to have a buttered roll. I'll set up a a camera in quick check and see how many people (laughs) buy a buttered roll after noon. Well, I'll say this. Well, I'll say this, Mike. First of all, best of luck to you, Alan Funt Jr., <laughs> with your camera you're going to set up. What, 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 what are you working for, Project Veritas now? What are you? I think we've just strayed off the main path here. Oh, snacks because it's an AM thing? It's not a snack if it's... If to it's me, it's, it's breakfast. It's, it's part of the breakfast yeah. group. 
What is it? English muffin with butter? A snack too? I like it. It's a no English muffins are nowhere near this list. I don't, you're not going to find an English muffin within a hundred miles of this list. They're all in the same category. You don't like things that with guy, butter on them. You just don't like that guy rolled in <laughs> and and hit gold. Number twelve. Buttered roll, Mike. Sometimes it's as simple as a good old fashioned buttered roll. Time for a Twitter poll. Yeah, you. Oh, oh, this is a guy who tells me. <laughs> this is a guy who tells me. Guy who tells me my basketball tweet was didn't have to exist. But here he goes with a, a Twitter poll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get that Twitter poll rolling. By the way, I wanted to enter, uh, jump into the, the Knicks conversation. Right here, I mean, how many times? Walt, it, can't blame Walt Frazier's suit. Well, yeah, that that was a nightmare. How many are times? Are you able to watch that feed watch? out there? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Too too much with the white stripes. I mean, I heard it at least three times. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. You know, that's that they play in the arena. What, yeah, what, what yeah. The white stripes. I mean, come on. Look, maybe they don't have any new. What CD. year is this? Maybe the guy forgot a CD sleeve. <laughs> he had one of those CD <laughs> sleeves in his car and he brings it in and plays some CDs and he just had three white stripe CDs in it. I bet they play it again Wednesday. You it seems to be, it seems to be the number one. Uh, I mean, the crowd was into it. That was shocking in itself. You mean Seven Nation Army? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think we'll even see. Uh, Spike Lee was into it. And Spike Lee was going off. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That was going. That was. Uh-huh. It's nice to see. Orange and blue hey. skies. Orange and blue skies. Thank you, Pat. Pat gets it. Pat follows Spike Lee on Instagram. Somebody, if if somebody in this audience had had, had uh, half a half a heart, they would buy me an orange and blue sky shirt. But I don't want one from me. I'll you buy my own. You haven't gotten one. You haven't. No, I'll buy my own. Don't worry, Pat. I buy my own uh, pseudo Knicks merch. <laughs> Spike Lee selling with Knicks colors that don't say Knicks on it. He's selling stuff. Oh, he's selling these shirts. They say orange and blue skies. Oh, brother. He sells a lot of merch over his thing. I love it. I love I like Spike Lee. Yeah, maybe I've I been could... watching these Spike Lee movies. I gotta say, where he's, he's he is as underrated as they come for what he has built, the body of work he has built. You don't get much more underrated. So that's a fair look, statement. Buttered roll. He's like a buttered roll. <laughs> <laughs> I like buttered rolls. That's the thing. Yeah, well, I mean, try that, having one for a little bit. Try having one. Roll. Have one for the other 22 hours of the day. Treat yourself. Mike, what do you want? What's yeah. your Venmo, Mike? What's your Venmo? I'm going to Venmo you money for a buttered roll. What do you want? $60? <laughs> wow. You want 60 bucks for a buttered roll? What could it cost? <laughs> no, I'm going to get this. I want this guy to get the best buttered roll he can get. 60 bucks. I'll send you I'll Venmo you 60 bucks. Not necessary. I mean, I have access to butter rolls, and they're good. I got a great bagel place in Bayonne. I got Quick Check Wawa down here. Easy access to the buttered roll. What's that guy? Oh, just asking if they have Wawa's in Bayonne. I guess they're they're really creeping up. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm in different areas now. I'm back and forth between uh, Central. He's all over the state. He's yeah, covering, a, he's covering a lot of ground. I'm a traveling man now. Yeah, he's, he yeah. goes, he goes from, uh, Quick Check, 
country to Wawa country. And he's one of the few that can navigate the sea, like the Ferris Bueller of convenience stores. By the way, is this is this DJ guy? DJ guy. Oh, What's up? good to hear your voice. Good to hear you, Pat. I was Pat certified over here. You, you already. What's I don't know who this guy is. He a for, former FMU DJ. Not good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, yeah, no, I, I want a medal. Want a medal? Yeah. Maybe, I, I maybe a parade. Nothing. Pat's, Pat's the one uh, to bring my whole resume. I'm talking about her buttered roll on your line, friend. That's true. He did not. Uh, yeah, I, just, I recognize his voice. That's just that's all. Oh no, no. I was asking him if he wants a medal. I was going to give him a medal. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think a par- I think a parade would be nice. What if that was a serious thing where you're like, what do you want a medal? And then the person's like, yeah, it's like, great. I want to give you one. And then you give them a medal and then comes a whole ceremony. Um, all right. Well, guy, guy, you, you broke through. You, you, you created some true controversy on this snack list. (laughs) So I appreciate the call. Appreciate you, Tom. Well, you have a grand evening. You too. Bye bye. You buy my book. You can buy my book, guy. What's what's it about this book? What's the it's the history of your life, fifteen year old Tom. I'm I'm intrigued by the book. Yeah, definitely probably buy it. Go to tomwroteabook.com and you okay. read all about it. I'll say I'll I'll do my homework. And it's a out. real book, guy. This is a real book. This oh, yeah, isn't yeah. some weird this is some weird pamphlet I'm doing. It's a real book. No, no, yeah, yeah. Book. Front cover, back cover, no zine. All the stuff. And it's got stories for everything in there. A little bit of everything. You're gonna love it. Sounds great. Just buy can't it. Wait. Just buy it, guy. Say you, are you gonna buy it? Oh yeah, yeah. I can't there wait. There you go. It. That's all I want. All right. And get off my phone. What do we got? Two more calls? One more call? We have two more, but um We'll take know. them both. We'll take them okay. both and we'll wrap up and boogie. Okay. But fast. Here we go. Best show. Hi. Hey Tom, how's it going? Good. What do you got for me? Um uh Entenmann's chocolate chip original recipe cookies dude you were so close if you would have said the entomans donuts the chocolate covered donuts you ever have a entomans chocolate covered donut uh maybe a long time ago so who is this guy do i know you yeah you do (laughs) who's a wally wacky man the other the other half oh it's that z man yes and get a load of this guy. I want, first of all, get a load of this guy. First thing he does, he's Mr. Muppet, right? This guy's Mr. Muppet. Muppet this, Muppet that. He voted for a Muppet for when the election, he wrote in, he wrote in, uh, Fonzie Bear for president. But this is what he says on Twitter today. He said, I never heard, I never heard the voice of, uh, whose voice did you never hear? Oh no, it was a comic book thing, not a Muppet thing. He never heard Jack Kirby's voice. Oh yeah. It's interesting, huh? He has that thick Brooklyn accent, right? Yeah, yeah, real like a New York Jewish guy. Yeah. But I'll say yeah, this about, never, uh, never this saw video thing. Of him before. No, it's interesting. He was, uh, he was a, a rough, a, a, a tough, a tough guy. Oh yeah, I mean, Ben Grimm, the things basically, you know, Based on he was the last comic book guy who you you uh if you tried to give him a swirly he'd punch it back. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. But tell me with this Muppet thing. 
because this guy does a thing. And I'm, I swear, I swear, you do something called Kerm Dubs. Yep. Where you take these Muppet clips, you take these clips of movies, mm. and he exactingly edits out every word that gets said in the movie and then swaps in what Kermit the Frog using the same word. Mm. You never, you never heard anything like it. Is it weird? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> is it troubling? Sometimes it can be so odd to hear the thing. Is it hypnotic? Absolutely. <laughs> These things are great. Why don't you put them on TikTok? Why don't you put them on TikTok? Tease people a little bit with it on TikTok. I, the thought crossed my mind. It's a platform I'm not yet familiar with, but I know it's big, and I, I figured it's a real young person kind of app, but I mean, I'll, I'll give it a shot when, when I can. What do you think? How, you see who's on TikTok? J- Dame Judy Dench is on TikTok. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> get on TikTok. You got to get on there. You got to start putting this Muppet stuff on TikTok. Kerm dubs. Yeah, so like little teases, and then you know yes. you go see the full thing on YouTube. Absolutely, I'm telling you, this Kerm dub thing. This is this is where you're living right now. It's mm-hmm. going to be not popular enough. Not popular enough. Not popular enough. Then it blows up. That's what you got to get it to. So take it over yeah, to TikTok. Yeah. yeah, okay. I definitely have considered that. I'll, I'll well, do more than consider it, my friend. You got something no, that's I'm made just, for TikTok. I'm, I'm just saying you and me are on the same page on this. I, you know, it's, it's a thought that crossed my mind. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear it. So, yeah, those chocolate donuts are the greatest thing. Oh, that's one of the greatest things. Number number nine, Entenmann's uh, chocolate-covered you know, donut. Like and then put a, put in parentheses, refrigerated. That's the difference. Yes, I was going to say that. A cold, My donut heads know what I'm talking about with this. Cold chocolate covered donut. You get those things uh, yeah, cold, that, you bite into that, and that chocolate just crunches. Oh, Pat gets it. Now, now I can remember that taste now that you said that. Yeah. You it, get it, right, Pat? It, it's a borderline crunch, yeah. It's a borderline crunch. I couldn't have said it any better. But not a fan of the cookies? No, I... No, cookies I, are cookies yeah. are great. I like those cookies, and I also like them cold and out of the fridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and AP Mike, that was something I agreed with him. We talked on Twitter after he said he didn't like soft cookies on the show, but he said that's the exception, so... I used to go to the Little Falls, New Jersey, Entenmann's outlet, and it was like... Mm-hmm. Everything was a little cheaper because they were about to expire in like a couple days, but you could get your Entenmann's <laughs> fixed right by the Willowbrook Mall. Best oh, thing yeah, about I that, you go get it at a, you go get it at the place where they're the clearing house for that stuff. Yeah, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. Think you can knock back this strudel before it turns? <laughs> yeah, those eclairs. You have some work to do. Yeah, I mean, I would usually put back a whole box in a day, <laughs> buy the cookies, and by the end of the day, they were. Well, that's why you had you had some blood work done, and they said you're you're technically thirty percent cookie. <laughs> Your blood type is uh, e, e e positive. Probably less than Michelle, though. I would say less than Michelle, but you're you're uh, <laughs> you're you're taking care of business over there too, Z man. Sure, oh, of course. What else you got, Z man? Anything? Um, I mean, that's what I call it. I just wanted to be on topic for a change. <laughs> well, but, you know uh, what, buddy? 
You're all right in my book, Z-Man. Oh, of course, you're better. Than Why don't you give a? I'm going to give you 15 seconds to plug, plug, say where people can check out Kerm Dubs. Okay, yeah, the basic place is it's at Kerm Dubs on Twitter, Instagram. You can find the Kerm Dubs channel on YouTube. There's a Facebook page. So all the usual places, the videos are on YouTube. That's the main attraction. But you know, you can you can interact at any of those places. And I actually just finished up transcribing and timestamping an episode uh, of the Muppet Show before you picked up. So. I'm getting more material to work with. What happened? You lost a bet? <laughs> no, no. I just, now that there's more on Disney Plus that wasn't previously available, now I have mm-hmm. more to work with to give me more, uh, more, more, you know, leeway. I, I found a word that I could have used in a previous video in one of these newer ones, but, you okay. know, such is life. And now when, when you, t- when you do this Kerm Dub stuff, any chance you do a special Kerm Dub thing to honor my book coming out? Even for one minute, a one-minute thing. How do you think we can make that work? No, no, you're the Kerm dub expert. (laughs) Well, it's usually just taking pre-existing material, but I mean, I could make Kermit do a plug for the book. Oh, that would be great. Can you make, if you make Kermit the Frog do a plug for, for It Never Ends, you you would, it would, it would, I'd love it. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll whip that up. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, if there's anything you specifically want said in the plug, you know, send me an email. And- no hate speech. No hate speech. <laughs> okay, I promise. Not this time. Yeah, no, please keep the hate speech out of out of my book promo. All right. Will do. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Buddy. All right, have you a have great a night, everybody. Night. Bye. You too. Bye. Final call. What do we got? Best show. Hi. Final call. Hey Tom, this is Matt in Philly. Matt in Philly, what's up? We only got a couple minutes, so give me give me All the right. good stuff. I'll make it quick. Uh, I got grapes for the topic. What do you got? Uh, grapes, mainly for the the form and functionality. So they're self packaged, self contained. They don't get all over your fingers, and uh, refreshing. Now, guys, got a point. Twenty eight grapes. I will, I will take it and I will leave it at that. Thanks so much, Tom. All right. You have a great night. You too. Take care. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Besha, we went a little long tonight because, but we made up for it because I got bounced from the internet, but we got it all there and I thank you all and we're doing it and we're having a grand evening. And, uh, what else do we have to say? Uh, Tom wrote a book.com. Go get my book, uh, plate, signed book plate. Beautiful. Uh, everybody who pre-orders the book from any place, you go to TomRotaBook.com and you can just, you'll get a signed book plate if you, you submit the form. That's all. Doesn't matter where you pre-ordered it from, just go do it. And, uh, it never ends, comes out July 6th. We're almost a month away and we're going to do a whole lot for it. And I'll say this also. If you want to interview me for the book, I already said this. I'll talk, I'll literally talk to a nursing home newsletter about this book. You're running a newsletter for a nursing home? You want to interview me for it? I'll do it. Just drop me a line. Thanks, my friends. Anything you want to say, Pat, Mike, Jason? New uh, so far coming up, so uh, make sure you're signed up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash the best show. That's right, yes. New so far, the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young recap podcast. New episode imminent.
All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'd play something on the way out, but I won't. Go Nets. Uh, go. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, go Nets. It's not even a basketball team. It's no, a corporation. No, I agree with you. I agree with you, Corporation. Tom. It's not. It's a, it's a Frankenstein monster. Yeah. But but uh, you got a roof for your team, though. <laughs> go Nets. Any Nets fan, any self-respecting Nets fan looks at that team and they're, they got to just be like, look, I know it's not a real team, but I'd like to win for once in my life. I get that. Root for Joe Harris. Think... Joe Harris was on fire tonight. Yeah, Joe Harris. Yeah, by all means. Yeah, Joe Harris. Yeah. <laughs> he's, mean how... he's, he's mean potatoes. Yeah, he's mean potatoes. He's mean potatoes because he doesn't have anybody guarding. <laughs> there's nobody within 15 feet of him because they're guarding three superstars. He had 22 points in the first half. Yeah. Well, I, uh, Mike hit 22 points because he's alone on the court shooting. He's got to make the shot. You got three guys getting triple teamed. Everybody's getting triple teamed. They, they, Joe Harris might as well bring a lawn chair out there. <laughs> he could drive the Zamboni from the, from, he could, he could drive the Zamboni over from, from Madison Square Garden for, for the Rangers. He'd drive that around the court. Nobody would even notice. Is, is Trey Young the next, uh, Reggie Miller? No, he's not. I think he is. Oh, you, oh, I think he is. Okay. Well. <laughs> He was great the other night. No, you know who the next Reggie Miller is? You, you troll. Can you believe this guy? Yeah. Well, you know what you do, Mike? Why don't you go get a buttered roll? Go get, go one. eat a buttered roll. Go, 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 uh, see how many buttered rolls you can fit in your mouth. I'm going to experiment tomorrow afternoon. I'm going to buy a buttered roll. Yeah. yeah great. Let me know how that goes, uh, Jonas Salk and AP Mike, the two, the two, the two people pushing the boundaries. Yeah, yeah. We got the AstraZeneca, we got the uh, Pfizer, Moderna, and the AP Mike. <laughs> He's in the lab with a buttered roll after noon. <laughs> Get lost. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Go Nets.